I am going to homeschool her with a stripper pole and just move straight. <laughs> to, just move so straight. So she can go straight to college. Adam Curry, John C. Devorak. It's Thursday, April 14, 2011. Time for Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 295. This is No Agenda. Enjoying my spring spears high atop the hilltop watchtower crackpot command center in Gitmo Nation West in the People's Republic of Southern California in the morning. I'm Adam Curry. And with no further ado, and from Northern Silicon Valley, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. Hey, in the morning to you, John. It still pots you down when it's playing the thing. Oh, really? Well, yeah. I'll tell you what, then you pot it up on your end. I'd be up and down and up and down. I just, I'll just strain to hear you. It's okay. Really? It only lasts for a few seconds. Well, I can turn this up a little bit. Who knows? I don't All do right. it. Don't, don't, don't mess, don't with, mess it. with it. Yeah. Don't don't fix what's don't broke what's fixed. Uh, in the morning, to all ships at sea, all boots in the ground, and uh, and of course, all of our human resources. Who are all charged up and ready to go in our chat room at noagendastream.com. Uh, they've got their fingers on the keyboards and foots on the ground. And some of them, since it's early in the morning, feet in the air. <laughs> yeah, some of them. <laughs> uh, oh, man. So, you know what? I, I just realized, you know what's kind of annoying about this show? <laughs> okay. Uh, you know There's what? a sales pitch for you. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, anno- annoying for us. Annoying for us. Oh, that you have to get up at five in the morning? No, I like that. I actually wake up, I'm refreshed, and I'm ready to go most of the time. Really? Oh, yeah. It's 5.30, by the way. It's not 5 o'clock. It's uh, 5.30 is when I, on, on show days. If you were doing the Today Show in New York City, you'd be getting up at 4. Yeah, and I'd be a slave. Now I get up and I feel like a free man. I'm a free man! But, uh, no, the problem is, is you know, we talk about stuff, and then two to four weeks later, it actually happens. Yeah. And, I, and then it's boring. You know, then it's like, oh. <laughs> yes. well, I got I got one that I think is we talked about four weeks ago or whenever. And it's it came to pass and it's not boring. And it's a, kind of a surprise. Oh, what's that, my friend? Want to get right to that? Yeah, let's rock it. Well, we talked about we were making the prediction of who was going to be the, the, the representative, the spokes hole for the uh, <laughs> for for the Congo, which was the next step. Oh, I, think. I know, I know. I saw this too, and we were both. Oh, you we were did? So, I don't have a clip, though. I see you've got a clip. We, got were, we clip. were both wrong. It's unbelievable. Well, we never thought to ask. No, I mean, we had our no. list of our list of people. Who did we predict? I think you had the one. Well, that you okay, predict. well, first of all, let's just explain for those of you who are new to the No Agenda show. Uh, George Clooney has the Sudan. We've got uh, Matt Damon has, uh, what does he have again? I don't know. I, I thought Clooney had... An, no, Clooney has Sudan. Clooney, uh, yeah, Clooney's in Sudan. Or was it Somalia? No, he's not in Somalia. It's Sudan. Oh, so, okay, Sudan. Sudan. And then and, uh, Matt Damon, I don't know. What does he have? I don't remember. Uh, I don't know. But we were thinking, okay, who is it going to be further down south? Because the pipeline has got to go yeah, all the way Right, it's got to go through south. all these countries. We know yeah. what countries they are. Congo was up on the list. Yeah. And then we figured there was... I uh, thought it was going to be Leonardo DiCaprio. He was going to be right. down, somewhere we, like yeah, South and I Africa. Agreed at the right. We never thought of any women. When we did, we considered one of the women from Ocean's Eleven. I can't remember who was. No, it? we just, in passing. Yeah, Angelina Jolie. We're like, nah. She's she's in yeah, charge. No, she's of the, too busy. She's nah, got her own thing. She's, she's got her own program. She's in charge of the baby store in Malawi. No, that's Madonna. I'm sorry. Where where does Angelina buy her kids? I don't know. 
all over the place. These women, they're internationalists. They're, they're jet setters. They buy their kids where they can. She doesn't discriminate where she, she buys she her shops. kids. She <laughs> shops. Like she shops around, by the way. She, comparative shopping. She's like, hmm, yeah. let me see. Well, the quality of these kids here is good, but I think I should go up north a little bit because, you know, you get a better deal. And you get a, you know, five-year warranty. Right. Uh, <laughs> it's so horrible. All right. So um, why don't you set it up since you I can't believe clip. that. Well, here's the clip that, that as soon as you, and you'll hear her, and I, we might as well tell you who it is. It seems to be Ashley Judd. And here's a clip from uh, she's on. She's starting to make her, her her moves around here. I've got two clips, and here's the one that that was set, that clinched the deal, and it's on uh, Chris Matthews show. And so the things that that PSI is doing, things such as the one campaign, which raises tremendous awareness about how simple yeah, these- that's uh, Bono's thing. The one campaign. So that that's a, a true giveaway. Drugs are to What about Bill Clinton? Tell me, because I don't mind singing his song. My son worked for him. And giveaway I think he number did two. In Rwanda, oh, yeah. I know, where Michael worked. He's done great work. And nobody else ever did it before. HI, uh, AID, the American agencies, didn't do anything. He went in there, and all of a sudden, these people were alive. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a big fan of the Clinton Global Initiative. I think that it is making a remarkable impact worldwide. And I'm very grateful that the president appointed me to the Rethinking Refugee Committee. Oh, my God. It's number three. Appointed by the president. On which I'm very proud. Yeah. On which I served. Yeah, he's still a president. We want to move the needle on the refugee issue because 80% of all refugees worldwide are girls, are are women and children. Whoops, script, script. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, uh, what was it again? Uh, Women. And so we're going to work specifically in Congo where I've been to Congo multiple times. I'm going back in July. Oh, wow. So uh, let me just uh, mention uh, Angelina Jolie has Tunisia. That's where she's oh, co- she's covering Tunisia, and it's all under this refugee B- BS. Yeah. Now here's the thing that I now I'm I'm watching this going. Okay. Well, we we missed that one. Normally, I mean, I'm. By the way, was, she's the she's the hot Judd. Yeah, she is the prettiest one. Yeah. And although the old the old lady is not bad looking, <laughs> you know. You, okay, okay, John, I'll step away from that one. Anyway, when, so have uh, you seen her? They got this reality show now. Oh, she's she's. Oh, really? She yeah. doesn't look as good as she used to. Well, she was. She's very ill. She's a very ill woman. She she got. I, oh, I want to say this, she. No, no, this, this is, is not known I, to me. Yeah, no, she got fell very. I think maybe Parkinson's or something. And, oh, okay. Well, but that's like, not but really like you know six, a wreck. six or seven years ago. And when you look at her, I mean, yeah, she used to be. You know, she used to be kind of milfy. But now she's just like uh, not so good. Uh, uh, oh but, well. they, but they've had a bit of a falling out. The, the, the I think the whole family's had a bit of a falling out. There's they're competitive women. Yeah, good point. So uh, so meanwhile, Ashley uh, here is uh, decide she's gotten the Congo. And I, so I'm watching this going well. You know, she doesn't have a handler. You know, every time you see... Uh, oh, uh, she's got to have a handler. What is that? Well, I I think not, and I tell you why. I think she's oh. big. Sorry. I don't think she has a handler the way Clooney does. She is running. She's. I think well, she's, she's smarter dis- than Clooney. That's obvious. I think she. I think she also. If you listen to clip number two, you'll see the reason why. And I'm sure Clinton said, "Look, you have to either or Clinton, whoever who's really behind all this, said, look, you have to have a handler because you know you're a busy person. You're an actress, and you do this and that. And you you know you, you just and if it's you just listen how to it clip, works is how the agency runs things. Listen. Honey. <laughs> to clip two, and you'll see what diff- what change was made. 
and also, you know, naturally we need to improve the conditions in camps, but we need to eradicate the underlying causes and conditions that create forcibly displaced populations. Why'd you give up acting to do this? Because this is more fun. Ah! I love this. I love this with all my heart. Because you're a big star. You may be again. Let me ask you about malaria, because I had it. <laughs> she's given up acting, eh? Yeah, so now she's going to be doing, this is her acting full time. Yeah, but, ex- well, exactly. Because she doesn't say anything. She's, you've given up acting. She's like, no, what are you talking about? This is the best No, she did. She nodded her head. She's given up acting. She likes this. It's more fun. She talks about it later in the interview. She's given up acting. She's probably yeah. doesn't expect to go back into it. This is her new job. This is great. Best gig ever. And and she thinks it's fun, by the way. And I I have to add, you know, this is fine. I think maybe is it really fun to be dealing with refugee situations and misery and a kind of you know? I mean, this is not a how is that fun? Oh, these people are miserable. They're all dying, and I'm not. I can I, mean, t- I can I mean, tell you how it's fun. I, I think I have it because do 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 do. The Congo, of course, is huge. Right? It's one of the largest. Uh, largest regions in Africa. Uh, she's going to be joined by Charlize Theron. She's oh, also... You just, you just dug this up? Or you, I, this is part of your bit? This is No, it's not a bit. It's true. I've got her right no, here. I mean, your bit. I mean, this is part of your side of this. Uh, yeah, that you've yeah, spotted this. Yeah, I've got it, oh, I've okay. got it right here. Uh, hope in oh, the so they're going to be joy. partying in the comic Exactly. <laughs> oh, show title. It's too early for that. Partying, partying in the, in the Congo. Congo. Yeah! Duck call, duck call. Woo! Yay, everybody! Yeah! We're partying in the Congo. Two hot chicks in the Congo. Uh, now, that'll that'll put a smile on the elite's face. Yeah. Uh, I mean, think about it. it. If you really need to do something nasty in the Congo, and you really want the, you know, you really want to get some guys on board, some of these uh, banksters, and uh, some of these oil douchebags, you get a couple of these hot chicks down there. That's the way to go. So yeah, Charlize Theron is uh, is uh, will be joining her, although not uh, expressly uh, so noted. Uh, United Nations Secretary General Ban Ki Moon said, "Investing in women is not only the right thing to do; it's the smart thing to do." Little did we know that he was talking about these hot chicks and not about <laughs> not about refugee women. <laughs> Monkey Moon say, yeah, invest in women. Hmm, very good. <laughs> so what's our next country uh, further down? Do you have a map in front of you? Because we yeah. have to, we, now we, we still have, we can still predict there's going to be, I think there's two more countries involved that they have to find spokes holes we for. We have a couple. And by the way, it's heating up there in Clooney's region. Uh, 800 civilians killed in uh, southern Sudan so far this year. Uh, Darfur refugees take 12 Sudan aid workers hostage. So it's happening, right? They're heating it up. This is why yeah. George is a little quiet. Uh, let me see. We've got, uh, well, Chad. Chad or Chad. Do we have a Chad, uh, like a celebrity Chad who could just fit in there nicely since he's already named Chad? No, there's a Chad is a, a passe. Okay, so we have, um, we don't really so need, Ch- we don't need uh, Niger because it's a little off to the left. Chad we need. Chad. Uh, we have the Congo, obviously. That's covered. Boy, the Congo's big. Zambia. Zimbabwe and Botswana. I still think th- South Africa is going to be easy. No, I don't think South Africa is ever going to get picked up. 
Well, but that's the pipeline has to go exactly. I mean, that's Leonardo's. Leonardo's just like, hey, bitches, get off. I'm covered. Go away. Yeah, he's already. Yeah, in yes. fact, that's probably true. He's <laughs> yeah. already got South Africa. Yeah, he's got it. So we've got the Central African Republic, which is right above the Congo. Is and, that uh, in, is that the pipeline going to go through there? Do you know? I don't think. I think it, it would. See, I don't think so. So you can either go through the Central African Republic uh, or Uganda. I think. That Uganda and the CAR are such a hassle. They're just going straight down through the Congo, and it's done. They don't. They can just. It's like a mine. It's like a three degree detour, and you don't go through uh, Uganda. Yeah, you don't want to go through Uganda. But you still need Zambia and Zimbabwe. We need those two. So Zambia and Zimbabwe are the two that are left. Zimbabwe, of course, they've been working on that for a long, long time. They can't get that guy out. Okay. Right. Oh right. Yeah. What's his name? Mugabe. Yeah, Mugabe's got to go. <laughs> hey, Mugabs. Sorry, man. Meanwhile, the the path to Persia continues, John. And um, the, speaking of spokesholes, Jay Carney, who was the new uh, spokeshole for the White House, uh, had a true beautiful Freudian slip on his uh, one of. His oh, briefings. you have it? Yeah. Did you hear this one? Because I have it. No. Yeah. So, um, of course, you know, everyone wants to know. So the, just to reiterate, the path to Persia is this plan that has been around. It's documented uh, of how uh, the West, uh, I would say the U.S. and the U.K., certainly the banking cartels are, um, you know, eventually want to wind up taking over Iran. And, you know, baby steps, right? Little baby steps. We've got to do small things first before we get to the, They tried to, you know, they tried to spark this with the, the Green Revolution. It failed. And uh, so it was back to the drawing board. But the plan still exists. Path to Persia. So we've got uh, Egypt, Tunisia, Libya. And uh, what could be next? Well, uh, spokeshole uh, Carney let it slip. And uh, please listen to the reporter's response, uh, who, of course, don't report on this at all and actually are complicit in the entire plot. He was no longer the legitimate president of the country, that the elections that displaced him were... He's talking about uh, uh, Libya, obviously. Oops, here we go. Libya? Yeah, he's talking about Libya. He was no longer the legitimate president of the country, that the elections that displaced him were uh, free and fair, and uh, we have supported uh, the efforts of those who would um, bring him, uh, you know, convince him to, 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 to remove himself from power. And uh, we have been very involved in the effort at the international community level to, to help make that happen. So we, we welcome that development. And on Syria, I would say that, Libya. I'm sorry, on but Libya, I can also... <laughs> yeah, well, we, we, that, that was on the list that we, we played the clip, <laughs> for people who haven't heard the show much. We played the Wesley Clark clip, I wish you'd play it again, which li- outlines exactly what happened and when it, when it was all planned. But what elections is he talking about regarding Gaddafi? No, I, I'm sorry. I think he was talking about Egypt, and then and then and then he went to Libya. But then instead of saying Libya, he slips and he says Syria. Okay. And uh, which, of course, because this guy he's not he's new, right? So he's not well trained. They were probably just talking about Syria. Oh yeah, they're probably before the inundating him with too much information. Exactly. And he's like, oh Syria. And but listen now, I'm glad you stopped me there. Listen to the press 
When they call, they say, no, no, you mean Libya. You, uh, no, 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 no. It's like little school children, like, like Missy no, Finkelstein. Teacher, no, you're wrong, teacher. You're wrong. It's Libya, not Syria, not even questioning. And then they all, you know, listen. Sorry, right. but I'm Libya, I can also. You can tell that this is uh, the unrest in the region um, is broad, right? But the uh, in Libya, the... Teacher made a mistake. Well, you know, uh, Wesley Clark did uh, specifically mention Syria. What was there's one more? And, oh, yeah, I guess Iran was in there, too. But, uh, yeah, it's all falling into place. Yeah. No, it was um, Syria, uh, Yemen. We have Yemen. That's a, that's a done deal. What are we missing here? Uh, I think Iran was the last one on the list. It's the path to Persia. Yeah, it's uh, it's we've got yeah. Iraq. We've got... Uh, uh, the other side, we've got Afghanistan, we've got Pakistan, so we're just you know slowly surrounding Iran, and that's that's the big one. That is the big one. But uh, it was just funny, you know, I, I I couldn't believe. And in the same speech, the only thing anyone picked up in the news because now I'm starting to pay attention to that. It's like okay, so what are they going to report from this 45 minute press conference? The only thing they report on is again, this is why I get so bored. Is uh, that uh, Spokeshole Carney uh, reiterates what little Timmy Geithner said about, uh, oh, not raising the debt limit would be a catastrophe. And I was, I was like, oh, the White House says it'll be a catastrophe. Yeah, well, we, we played little Timmy from his C SPAN um, uh, testament, testimony three weeks ago now, where he said May 16th. And we both, you know, we talked about this. This is, this is what it's really about. It's like, duh, duh. And now this is going to happen. We speak in riddles. Yeah. I suppose somebody just new to the show would come and go, what the hell are what these are guys talking, talking about? about? Like, but, you know, and, but, but here's what happens. You think that, but then three weeks after you've listened to your one episode, you go, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, that's... I think a lot of this stuff sinks in after a while. Well, no, but that, that's when it hits the news. <clears throat> we are so ahead and so we it's all of this is so predictable it's like okay all right here's what's going to happen you want to just hear ron paul on this whole budget thing because of course you know the the elephant in the and this is this is boring to me too this bitching and moaning about nickel and diming and you know humans can't understand big numbers you know a trillion it's it's impossible it's, you can't fathom a thousand a you can thousand. barely fathom a billion in fact i don't think you can do no, that either it's it's a thousand million you know it's very very hard and so when people hear billion here billion there and by the way in the budget one bill in this in that in that thing they passed that temp, temporary one week yeah. thing a billion for trains that we, went in we, we needed that a billion for trains were they spending oh, that in a week well, you know, the it's joke disgusting. of the whole thing is, is that according to the con- Congressional Budget Office, one report, they came out and they said, they said that when they did the math on this $38 billion or whatever the heck it was, it mm-hmm. came to $500 million. They said it's all bull crap. <laughs> <laughs> but the elephant in the room is the war, you idiots. You know, that's where all the money's going. And it's not, and it, and and it's not, yeah. and they're not pounding. Well, they are literally pounding it in the sand, but it's going to the military industrial complex. <laughs> they're pounding it into the yeah, sand. They're pounding our money into the sand, literally. Oh, it's too bad. There's some people in between the bomb and the sand, but they're literally doing that. And uh, thank goodness uh, for for Ron Paul. 
Although it's meaningless he's in the grand the, scheme. It's totally meaningless. He's the only guy besides yeah. him and, and Kucinich. Yeah. Well, he actually and, says that in this clip, which is kind of fun, because he basically says, it's futile. <laughs> but but listen to what he's talking. This is a, a good clip, and you know I, I love what he says most of the time. And uh, yeah. well, anyway. From Tim Geithner, if you heard from, from Bernanke, uh, they say, look, this would be cataclysmic. This would be an apocalypse. Something about Anderson Cooper saying cataclysmic sounds dirty. You know, what I mean? you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah. Not to raise the debt ceiling, that basically uh, we wouldn't be able to pay our obligations, our, our bond rating would, would be shot, inflation would shoot up. Yeah, well, no, when they print money, that's inflation. That's literally inflation. They always use fear tactics. Uh, it's very similar to saying that uh, uh, Saddam Hussein had a nuclear weapon and he was going to bomb us, <laughs> and therefore we had to go to war. Very similar to building up the fear after the uh, financial crisis. We'll have a Great Depression if we don't do it. And yet the Depression would have come to the people who were ripping us off, so they gave the Depression to the people who lost their homes. <laughs> I love that. They gave the Depression. <laughs> hey, 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 slaves, take this. What's that? It Here's a, your depression. It's a pretty bow on it. It's your depression, slave. Shut up. So, yes, they always use a fear-mongering in the establishment, whether it's the Federal Reserve or Treasury. They're going to come and say, raise it up, legalize what we're doing. Raise it up, raise it up. Keep the system going for a long time. Never look at the real problems of cutting back the size and scope of government. There was a lot of talk uh, about what would happen to Tea Party Republicans uh, when they were coming to the House, when they were coming to the Senate uh, for the first time, whether they would somehow change, whether Washington would change them, they would change Washington. As you see it, as you see these debates happening, as you see the compromise that happened last week and no doubt will happen this week, do you think the Tea Party has changed, those folks have changed, your son included? I don't think he's changed. He's he's very determined, and several of them are. You have to realize, though, if even uh, everybody that was newly elected didn't get elected by the Tea Party. So you have to take the new members and maybe cut them in half. And most of them really want to, and they've stuck to their guns. But they don't have any real clout. I mean, uh, <laughs> they're not the majority in the House, and then you still have the Senate, and then you still have the President. So there's no way they're going to have their way. But uh, the numbers just aren't there. Squirrel! <laughs> I love it the way, you know, actually he, he says one last beautiful thing. I'm just hoping that more Americans will wake up and send a stronger message here to Washington to clean up our act. That's about it. Just That's all we can do. And we're, yeah, good luck. Yeah, well, we're part of it. We're waking people up and they're going like, where's the coffee? <laughs> like, well, that's really, I'm awake now. Mm. What's this? Well, let's wake up a few people by uh, thanking some of our executive producers. Yeah. What's this pretty gift? It's a depression slave. Mm, nice. So we have uh, <laughs> a new night. Uh, oh. One executive, one standalone executive producer, night. And then we have one, two, three, four, five members of the 300 Club and. Uh, uh, executive producers. Wow. And, okay. And then an associate executive producer. And we'll start with Mark True, who's in North Andover, Massachusetts. And uh, actually, we may have one. Hold on a second. This time, I'm not going to screw this up. So we're going to knight him today. He'll be Sir Mark True. Sir True. Yeah, That's kind of cool. We, Sir True. Sir True. So I have one. Uh, I have the ch- the checks that came in. I'm going to go through them today. And we did get a two hundred dollar. I don't know if, they, if we credited this when it when it came out and it showed two ninety. I think we did. Do you remember CK Creative LLC? Yes, yes, I do. Okay, all right. Then he's he's been credited. So we have one other executive producer. I don't think we credited, which is Kevin McNulty. I'm not sure. By the way, 
every single person who donates, I pretty much remember all the names. Uh, these are people who will go with me to my grave. They're going to be at, at your grave? Is that what you're Yeah, peeing? they'll be smoking me. No, it's like... <laughs> smoking you. <laughs> that, that, by the way... You is, and was it, was it Michael... Who was it that... Uh, no. Mick Jagger's partner that was smoked his dad oh, or something. It was disgusting. Yeah, Keith no, but this is Keith Richards. No, smoked his dad. Yeah, but this is this is what I when I heard that. I was, and I think I've actually said this longer than that story. I've told my daughter and I've told Miss Mickey. I said if I die before you, you got to burn me and smoke me. Put st- <laughs> put, me in a, put some hey, ads, count me out. Put me okay. in a bowl. Well, we're gonna add a little weeds weeds in there to make it you know to make the experience nice. Yeah, smoke me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You know, you just, I think we just lost half the audience. Okay. So now- my ring size is 13.5. This is Mark True, uh, North Andover, Massachusetts, gave us a nice, uh, I, uh, he's the, now the executive producer, $1,000 night. I uh, love the show. Please, Karma and D douche double shot so I may start my knighthood fresh. Oh, all right. Well, we can do that. <laughs> You've been D douched. You've got Karma. Nice. And we will be knighting you later on, sir. Out of Zurich, Switzerland, Cloud Sigma AG. Just let you know we're in a position to start making donations. I just organized a donation of 33333 to the show via PayPal. Really pleased to be able to support the show with respect to the donation. You only mentioned it came from the Cloud Sigma team without any names. They don't have any names to give. It's a cl- uh, cloudsigma.com. I don't know what they do. If you are okay mentioning our company URL. That's great, which you just did. I totally appreciate we don't uh, do any advertising, so if not an issue. May uh, Long may the show continue. And we don't wish to be underwriters. There you go. They do uh, cloud servers. Okay. No risk, no obligation. Cloudsigma.com. Mm-hmm. Josiah Thomas, West <laughs> Des Moines, Iowa, or as they might say someplace else, Des Moines. In the morning, tax refund coming your way. Thank you very much. Please plug pronounced Rico Engine, R E C O Engine dot com. Tech buying made simple. Three thirty three thirty three. Hans Jorg Schultz in Bad Doberin, and Bad means Bath. It was yes. it means it was a resort town at one time in his career. Thanks for everything. I am enjoying the show. And by the way, most of the towns that say Bad are pretty cool. Thanks for everything. I'm enjoying the <laughs> they're, show. They're not it's, bad is what you're saying. They're not. Yeah, exactly. That's good. <laughs> I'm enjoying the show and stream immensely. And here's some value for value. 300 Club member. Anonymous Woo-hoo. from Edmonton, Alberta. 300 Club member. Uh, Simon Alicia Elster uh, Elsternwick, Victoria, Australia. Love the show. Please send some karma for my family so that we can continue to see through the deception that is out there. Also, uh, be great to go beyond the media assassination and understand why the elites do this at a fundamental level. Thanks. You've got karma. Why do the elites do this at a fundamental level? Because they can. Because they're all connected. They're all related, and this has been passed on for centuries. Or as Ashley Judge Judge says when she sees the huddling, miserable masses, it's fun! Oh, look at them. They're dying. Hey, his arm fell off. That's fun. Squirrel! Robert Hulsey in Vallejo, California. <laughs> hey, Adam, I was disconcerned about you picking up the smokes, yeah. and I wanted to share with you uh, the secret alternative mantra I used to quit. When you're having a craving, say out loud, be a bit better than Obama today. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> <laughs> I also wanted to call out Nick McNeil That's as funny. a douchebag. 
That is very funny. Douchebag. I shall be a bit better than Obama today. And it's and has and nice alliteration I, to it. He wants to get some karma for his finals. He's a student in my forthcoming job hunt. I'll soon be graduating with a totally useless degree in English from Cal. <laughs> well, here's some karma for that degree, my friend. You've got karma. <laughs> yeah. student, I love it. You know, students. You know, it's not like students are rolling in the dough, you know? No, I, we appreciate oh, the student uh, support, God. that's for sure. And he went to Cal, so be, I can assure him that he'll do fine. Uh, Kevin McNulty, $200 uh, from... Uh, Delaware, Ohio, so he'll be an associate executive producer. So we want to thank everyone who uh, contributed to the executive and associate executive producer levels uh, for this show. It keeps us going, and uh, we appreciate that uh, to an extreme. Thank you very much. Dvorak.org slash N-A. Uh, just a couple of PR mentions today. Uh, uh, came in late from Tom, who had a really good idea. <clears throat> Noagendaphoto.com is what he's registered. Now, this is not forwarding to the noagendashow.com website. Uh, he is a photographer and photo editor by trade and thought he could create an addition to the already large array of No Agenda sites. So this will go into the uh, sites that rock. Walking the streets of Gitmo Nation glass buildings, I'm constantly confronted by memes and sometimes even people mentioned on the show. I'm creating a collection of Gitmo Nation photographs myself, but thought this would be something other producers could easily be a part of. If there's enough support, that means submissions. I'd love to publish a book. I published a couple myself through Blurb. So uh, take a look at noagendaphoto.com, both John. I think that's a great idea. Um, yeah, and if, so if you're walking around, you got your cell phone, and you see something wacky that is classic no agenda material, take a picture and send it in, and it'll go into uh, on the website. Matt, who runs shutupslave.com, which is forwarding to noagendashow.com, says, I took Tyler's challenge, suggested from episode 293, and indeed, I set up shutupslaves.com slash donate to redirect to dvorak.org slash na. Beautiful. Uh, some other forwards to the show, weirdgooglesearches.com, which I'm sure someone does. Someone hits that some somewhere along the line. Yeah. Uh, sparknation.com, now forwarding to noagendashow.com. And uh, here's Julio. He says, I converted my friend Victor Santana, no relation, into a no agenda human resource. He bought the domain ddouche.me and is redirecting it to noagendashow.com. This is a nice one. We have two, hypnopolitics.com and napredictions.com, both being forward as noagendashow.com, governmentterror.com, googleblocked.com, and fleeceback.com, all being forwarded. nice. Yeah, energyconnection.me. And we have to mention, I believe, uh, in the donation segment, so I'll just put it here. He wanted a PR credit uh, the Green Dice, I guess, sold out, and we have a donation coming up later on in the show from NoAgendaDice.com. We appreciate that. And, uh, oh, yes, I um, wanted to mention we have our own PR initiative underway. It is the No Agenda Gitmo Nation Tour. Miss Mickey and I would like to depart uh, somewhere the second week of July for a minimum of four, probably five to six weeks, and we'd like to tour around um, uh, all of Gitmo Nation, the uh, United States, and uh, we'd like to visit all of our uh, human resources and uh, producers of the show. We need the RV. The, I mean, so, someone needs to loan you an RV yeah. for a, a month and a half. Yeah, like yeah, a month and a half. And we'll we'll pay for insurance. We'll pay for gas, obviously, which will be expensive enough. But I looked at renting one of them. I can't afford it. It's just it's like that's out of control. You get like thirty cents a mile, please. 
Uh, so we need uh, an RV. It has to be, it doesn't have to necessarily have to be one of those that poops the living room out of its belly, you know, out of the sides, which is cool. As long as we can put up a green screen somewhere, as long as we can cook and, uh, and a shower, because I don't want to be dependent upon anything else. But there's got to be someone who has, we can work out some kind of deal. There's got to be, I don't, I don't, it doesn't have to be new. We just need the wheels. And so I want to make, I wanted to put the shout out early in the show. Cause a knighthood really beckons. Ooh. Yeah, a knighthood beckons. That's a good one, John. And 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 this will be good for the show. It's not like you know. Oh, we want to go on vacation. You know, this is. And by the way, this is like it's camping. Okay, it's not, <laughs> it, it's, it gets old fast. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure there will be trials and tribulations along the way, but we will document it. I will be doing the show from the road. We'll be taking pictures, posting them. We'll be tracking it uh, on the map. We're going to be visiting uh, human resources and producers. It's going to be. It's a great idea. We're very serious. We've now cleared the decks. We've made the. You know, I'm going to be doing the big app show in the bus. You know, so it's like you know we're do, we're, we're literally yeah, closing work too. We're closing up the shop, and the only alternative is is and and, and I don't want to go this this way, but the only alternative is to to give up hitchhike yeah, to give up the watchtower, close it down, and rent a place for when we come back and put everything in storage. But that's a nightmare. No, no, no. You want somebody out there must have one of these. They'd be glad to see you. You could, you know, take them out to dinner, give them a knighthood and grab the thing. You got it insured. You drive it around. You drop it off. You know, yeah. uh, typically the this, this sewage system will jam up. You, there's all these repair places all over the country, by the way. We took one of these once. Yeah. And so when something, you know, weird happens, you get it fixed and it doesn't cost that much. It's surprisingly cheap. And uh, there's all these places to stop. There's a whole club. There's two or three of these clubs. Good Sam or Good Neighbor, some I forgot the name of them, but there's a couple that you join these clubs. They cost like twenty bucks. You're right, a member, and you right. get to stay at all these different places. You can get to hook up the cable. You hook up the high speed modem. You get the you know you it's just, you can move into some little community for a couple of days, and then you drive off. Then you can stop at a national park, and you can put you they'll, they'll just set up shop there, and that's usually cheaper. But you usually don't have a high speed internet connection. And I mean, it's just it's not that. It's an interesting experience, and uh, especially somebody from uh, who spent most of their time in Europe would find it quite fascinating, especially when you get to places like Appalachia, up the northern part of Arkansas, or Arkansas itself. Hey, John, I mean, it's- Dar- we, we're already going. All right. You don't have to convince anybody. The, but I think there's more to it. I think for the show, you know, uh, uh, we can do daily reports, and we can uh, do special uh, episodes where we talk with people. Uh, that we meet along the way. Uh, I think it will really pull Gitmo Nation West together. But we want to go all the way around. We want to do the full 360. So not just like back and forth. No, the full the full deal. Um. Anyway, so drop us a mail about that. Now, to wind it up. Whoa, what is that? Go away. Um, oh, that, I thought it was a pledge break. <laughs> it is. There you go. Right on cue. Danny... Uh, producer Danny sent a couple of donation ideas for things that you and I have not thought about. There's a big one coming up on four four twenty. Four twenty, John. Hello, hello. Oh, yeah, is this on four twenty? April twentieth. Yeah. Four twenty is a great donation. Yeah, we get amount. it. We get it. Okay. Um, Easter four twenty. Apparently, Obama, by the way, is coming to San Francisco on four twenty. Really? Yeah. <laughs> really. He's yeah, coming. coincidence? Yeah. Coincidence? I think not.
Uh, then he says uh, 424 for Easter or, and this is really the one that you and I spoke about, 521 for end of the world day. What does it matter? Support the show with 521 because uh, on 522 we will all be dead. So we highly appreciate the support for the show from uh, to be uh, knighted Sir Mark True and our executive producers and uh, 300 Club members, Cloud Sigma AG, Josiah Thomas Rico from RicoEngine.com. <clears throat> Hans Jörg Schultz, Anonymous, Simon Alicia, Robert Halsey, and Kevin Gnolte. Everyone else out there, you are a producer, so you have an obligation for our formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Whoa! Shutupslaves.com, of course, uh, forwarding to uh, noagendashow.com, as does seanhannity.com. For all you Hannity heads. At least for now. <laughs> for a while. While, we, <laughs> while, while the going's good. Um, hey, so a Gitmo Nation Kiwi. This is kind of interesting what's been going on down there, which, by the way, is not unique to New Zealand. Um, but in the midst of everyone still kind of recovering, if not... Uh, monetarily and uh, uh, physically from uh, from the, the earthquake, uh, they they passed file-sharing legislation, which I'd like to point out is about to pass in Gitmo Nation lowlands, uh, is now being ramped up again in, uh, in the United States of Gitmo Nation. So they're all, it's all kind of at the same time. They're all rolling it together. Now, here's the bad news. <laughs> They created a hashtag for this. Oh, no. Blackout. And everyone turned their Twitter icon black. Hello. (laughs) Hello. In protest. Yeah, and they were tweeting about how lame it is. This is lame, man. If you want to get anything done, you can't. (laughs) Twitter, changing your Twitter icon to black and using hashtag black out of protest. Go ahead. Search it on Twitter. It's 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 sad. It's just pathetic. You are sad, 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 but not quite as sad as the people pushing this legislation through. Now, if you want to hear something clueless. Wait, hold on a second. Stop. Stop the presses. So (laughs) let let me ask you a question. Not an ask, Adam. Just a question. All right. Good. It, now, is New Zealand like uh, they're they're uh, directly connected to the Hollywood uh, center of it's things? A, I mean, so it's that, a hotbed of content. Is it a <laughs> is it a place that's so freaked out about content and movies and then you know downloads because they're they're make, they're going to lose their ass if they don't pass this legislation or are they just stooges for Hollywood? Yeah. Well, I, I, well, I think it's oh, a combination. Do you think it's the second one. Yeah. Do sec- you think? So not only are they just stooges, it's a beta because um, it's easy because obviously, you know, Clinton, uh, Lucifer Clinton dropped by, you know, they, they had, the, you know, it, it was like, hey, we flipped the earthquake machine on. How'd you like that, bitches? You didn't like it, did you? Wait a minute. Pierre, I do my hair. That's better. And uh, so, you know, we really need you to push this legislation through. You know, it's really important because we need to have precedent, jurisprudence. So they're and they knew they they know that it, the timing was perfect. Everyone's really shaken up, literally, and this is the general consensus from actually yeah, Kiwi Chris sent me this clip that I'm going to play. Um, 
everyone's shaking up from the earthquake. So, you know, it's like there's all kinds of other stuff going on. The last thing on anyone's mind is file sharing. And this, and by the way, this is not about file sharing copyrighted works. In the clip you're about to hear, expressly, this douchebag woman expressly says that this is not about copyright. This is about file sharing. So you can't have file sharing software. I don't care if you're sharing your thesis. You cannot have file sharing. This is the legislation that has been pushed through and passed in Gitmo Nation Kiwi. So this is very, very different than, you know, well, there's got to be legislation against sharing copyrighted works. Do you understand the difference, John? Yeah, they're basically, they, here's what, let me explain it better. They're so stupid. (laughs) You're about to hear proof of that. Yeah. They're so stupid that they equate. They don't understand the difference between exchanging uh, copyrighted works and file sharing. They think it's synonymous. Synonymous. Now, listen to this clip. By the way, that's because they're stupid. No, 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 no. You have no idea how stupid they are. Well, I do have an idea. When they say there's a lot of sheep in New Zealand... This woman is uh, is the, the ringleader. She is such an idiot, and she's a techno expert. They explain to them what file share. Just listen to this. You, you'll puke. And that's the way it should be to ensure that it, it stays current for a longer period of time in a very fast changing environment. She was on the uh, on the committee. That do you uh, have her name? Not offhand. Uh, I uh. think it's. Uh, Uh, Someone in the chat room will know. Here we go. Now, the select committee worked really hard on this bit of legislation, I've got to say. We had it for a long time in our select committee. And, in fact, I felt very sorry for the officials when they first came in. Because, you know, I think I'm relatively savvy when it comes to... Savvy? Are you savvy, John? John, are you savvy? you got to be techno-savvy. Uh, techno-savvy. Yeah, techno yeah. But when it comes to file sharing, which actually is mostly not my generation, I've got to say, because it wasn't around when I first started using computers, it actually took them a while to explain what file sharing was to a few of us on the committee. And actually it came down to... We whoa, had whoa, whoa. It took a while to explain? Well, listen. She's going to explain how they explained it to her. How they explained it to her. Boxes sitting along the front of um, the select committee, and they'd explain how it takes a bit from this box and a bit from that box and a bit from this computer. Uh, got- <laughs> it's like this Stevens guy. <laughs> a bit from this box and a bit from that box and this computer. But listen, it gets better. But a thousand little bits, and it makes up a file, which actually is, takes a bit to get your mind around. So, uh, <laughs> I told you you were gonna you're gonna be posting this video on your blog. It does. That's right, Steve. So it took a little while for the committee to get its mind actually round what this bill was about, and came to at the end of the day what this this committee came to it was came to a compromise because we had a huge debate over how do we discourage file sharing. A huge debate. And how do we ensure that? Um, we're not over-regulating or that we're not over-penalising people who file share. But it's really important to remember that file sharing is actually an illegal activity. I think she said illegal activity. That's what she said. She said file sharing is an illegal activity. Actually, it's an illegal activity. How is it illegal? She's She's savvy. I sent you the clips for the show today, right? Hold on. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Stop. Just answer. Yes. Yes. 
Isn't that file sharing? Yes, you illegal bastard, you. Huh. You outlaw. You lone wolf. It continues. In the legal activity. And so two things that we talked about. One was ISP warning notices. So you've got a provider, you've got um, Telstra or... Or uh, Telstra. Extra. You know, I, I get the biggest kick out of people that come in out of the blue like this and they get they have a couple of briefings and the next thing you know, they're experts. <laughs> she's savvy. She's savvy. Be quiet. Do you know she's savvy? Gives you your internet connection and they give you a warning if they think you've breached um, by, by using file sharing. You've breached... Hello, Mr. Dvorak. You've breached. And then you can get a second warning and then a third warning. Yeah, three strikes, you're out, bitches. And with that also, we talked about, it's not just about breaching it, but knowing that you've breached it. We've mostly got a whole generation out there and coming through that actually don't understand that file sharing or, or... don't care, but I don't think that's not necessarily true, that they actually don't realise that what they're doing is illegal. So, let me understand. The whole generation out there are very savvy about file sharing, and, and they're so savvy, they turn their Twitter icon to black, you stupid idiots! Jeez! That's not how you protest. And actually it's not right, because what we've got out there is we've got peer-to-peer, peer-to-peer. file sharing programs. Ooh. So you can actually go out there, put a software program on your computer, and file share. So what's wrong with that? And I know, you know, I've got um, three children who are on the internet all the time. Oh, she's uh, she's spawning. This is not good. She's got three of them. And Uh I actually don't know if I'd know how to find it, actually, as a parent, about whether they were file sharing or not. I'd like to think they aren't, and I'd like to think that we educate... Of course they're file sharing. ...had our children about it. But until I had this bit of legislation before me in a select committee... I actually didn't know about it, I've got to say. And it's quite different to copyright, where someone sends you a file, that's different again. Oh, so she thinks someone sending you a file is copyright. I mean, what do, is she talking about, no, she, and why is she talking for so long? Because it's funny. She's like, I've got to give those no agenda chaps a good little laugh. Because if someone sends you a file, you may be breaching a copyright. <laughs> Oh, John, you've been breached a copyright by sending me the file. As opposed to what this legislation is about, which is actually about file-sharing programs, peer-to-peer file-sharing programs. So I think it's important because I know there are many kids out there, especially, you know, in Ahari and my lecture, which has got a very high um, usage of computers, especially in the youth. You know, I think it's really important that we go out and we educate our youth and the parents about what file sharing is and how we shouldn't be doing it. And it is different to copyright, so bearing all that in mind. So, yeah, all right. Wait a minute, hold on. So she says that copyright's bad enough, but file sharing's worse? Oh, yeah, it's the, it's the evil file sharings. And all, the, all those kids, you know, all the tweets are into it. But, you know, they're too preoccupied with, with uh, figuring out how to make their Twitter icon black. Yeah, well, that's... It's sad, people. It's sad. You need to throw these people out. You need to throw shoes at them, whatever. They don't even know what they're talking about. They're making... If Here's the thing. So now they're making up a law that you actually know something about, and you can see how wrong they are, it's just like journalism. So when they're making up a law of which you might not be so educated about the topic, you're pretty much guaranteed they don't know anything about that either. Revolt, I say. That's pretty disgusting. It's, yeah. Yeah. But this, and you have to see her too. 
You know, she's just one of those finger-wagging elitist... File-sharing programs. Look, I wasn't so savvy, but it gets a little bit from here, a bit from there, a bit from there, and a thousand little bits, and then you got a program. So I guess somebody tried to explain BitTorrent to her? Or- yeah, bit. That's why she's saying bit. A uh, bit from there. Yeah, so now that is illegal. <laughs> now somebody, some smart cookie should take that to court and get it thrown. It's ridiculous. I mean, 90% of the work you do on a computer is file sharing in some way, shape, or form. If you think about it. every The whole internet is one big copy machine. Hello? But it, but but please, when you send a file to someone, that's copyright, according to her. <laughs> oh, it makes me sick to my stomach just to hear it. I feel bad for our uh, human resources there and uh, get my nation Kiwi, but you can't be, like, protesting with blackout. They probably think the black what the kids are doing blackout. Wow, they want us to turn off the electricity. They don't know what you're talking about. Pretty bad. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, to say the least. So uh, I have a uh, Rick Santorum clip. <laughs> Who, who's that again? He's ex. He was a Jer- New Jersey governor or something. Oh, right, 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 right. Who's everybody? He's a total douchebag. He looks like he's twelve years old. He wants to run for president. He could, couldn't win if he had. He, he won't even come close to getting. If he even got ten percent of, you know, in the, in the primaries from any place, it would be a miracle because he just looks like he's like he's got close set eyes. He looks dumb, and. Uh, and he, <laughs> but it's not about physical appearances. It is about physical appearance. When it comes to running for the president of the United States, you can be sure it's about physical appearance. The dumb, you look like a big dummy who's twelve years old. You ain't winning. <laughs> Abe Lincoln was a real hottie, though. Abe Lincoln wasn't important then. We didn't have the, the, the TV media. If, if it was TV, it was the days of TV. Lincoln and both all those guys would be out. Yeah, that's true. We got some good looking presidents back then. That's right. So anyway. Um, <laughs> There's a million memes in here, and I want to deconstruct a few of them when we get uh, uh, to the end. But it's it, he's on the Greta Van Susteren show oh. trying to defend the idiotic things he said on some radio talk show. All right, now you've had some uh, you had some wind behind your back. You've won a couple straw polls: South Carolina, Greenville County, the Homeschoolers Conference in Washington D.C., Pacific Homeschoolers Super Conference, Presidential Straw Poll in California. So you got a little wind behind your back. Then you've got something that, frankly, I thought was a little weird, uh, and that's uh, you said on a radio station in New Hampshire that the abortion culture is to blame for the Social Security program's financial problems. Do you want to do over yeah. on that one, or do you stand well, by that? First off, what happened was there was a call. That called in to a radio station up in La, La, uh, Livonia, was uh, uh, excuse me, uh, New Hampshire, and uh, they called in and said and made the point that because of the number of abortions in America, uh, that there are fewer people out there working, and of course, Social Security is based on you know having people working to su- to support those who are in retirement, and and one of the problems with Social Security is a demographic problem, which is people are living longer and and collecting benefits on Social Security, and those and we are our birth rate is lower. I mean, as we now are not at replacement rate. And so that combination is causing a problem with Social Security. I simply made that point. My, you know, my, it's a little weird because, I mean, no, if you think about if, if, if those, I mean, this is really getting twisted, but if those people, if those people were here, um, we're going to have that same problem when they become adults because now we've got all these extra people to pay Social well, Security no, the, to. The big problem right now is we have a baby boom generation that's retiring. We have this big bubble. Right. Okay, well, here's a couple. There's a bunch of things that came up in this I thought were interesting. 
uh, starting with the fact that I believe that the United States is at replacement level. We, I think we've been for some time. We're one of the few countries that are. What does that mean, replacement That means we're, we're, we're producing as many people as are dying. Yeah, and we've got to have more dying, I think, is the general message. Well, there's that, but according to him. But this, of course, is all bull crap because the people that like myself who will be going into Social Security at some point shortly, we paid into it. That should be paying where we're getting the money from, not from somebody who's you know was aborted. But that's beside <laughs> the point. This is a crazy idea. And the other thing is we're 9% official unemployment, possibly 25% in real unemployment. So what would we have all these abortions weren't done? We'd have, what, 30% unemployment? I mean, there's, this makes zero sense <laughs> it's like a million a million abortions uh, a year i think is the i don't number. know yeah. is it that many Whatever. yeah i heard someone talking that planned parenthood pays or is or arranges three hundred thousand a year and the total is like 1.1 million abortions a year sounds high whatever the case it's, a, it's, an, it's, a, it's a specious argument. The guy's an idiot. But what I thought was interesting at the very beginning, some of these straw polls that he won, you know, where there's obviously he was obviously a, a candidate in a field of two, him and his wife. So he wins the straw poll. There was two interesting things mentioned right at the beginning. There was, was these homeschooling conferences, including the super conference. Now, I'm a big homeschooler. I'm not so much anymore, but I keep up with this stuff. And I was unaware of these conferences. And now I'm suspecting that when i hearing about the super conference for homeschooling on the West Coast, I'm suspecting that there's some sort of co-opting going on here with the homeschool movement. And I'm going to start looking into it. But I would tell people out there to keep an eye out or an ear out for for some for weirdness within the homeschooling uh, situation because it sounds to me like for one thing that this guy would be addressing these conferences homeschooling is like a, a you know something where there is no central organization it's just what people can do legally in certain states uh, interesting you bring this up uh mississippi uh J- and this is from uh, two weeks ago judge joe dale walker of the Chancery Court of the 13th District issued an order requiring attendance officers in five counties to provide the court with the names and addresses of homeschoolers in that district. Ten days to comply. So there's something. I mean, this is a it's a huge problem. Like, well, something's up. Clamp down. Yeah, it's like it's like you, you don't want to go. It's almost like that Citizens Against Vaccine thing that's located in Virginia. It's like you, you, you want to be real careful with people who pop up as like, yeah, well, we're the homeschooling conference. You got to be careful because you don't know what's going on there. They may be like just going there to see who was there and track you and do all kinds of weirdness, whether it's organized, organized by the conference or not. I think that's what you're saying. Yeah, I would be suspicious. And uh, the fact that this guy who seems to be a shill of some sort, I don't I obviously I'm not a big fan of Rick Santorum and um uh, he seems to be a shill of some sort, and now he's been approved as the candidate du jour by the super conference of homeschoolers on some operation I've never heard of out here on the West Coast. Uh, is immediately uh, ra- rose, ra- red flags are all over Suspect. this little right. little talk of his. Hmm. Just a heads up. And the guy's a douchebag. He's a t- total okay. douchebag. He's um. I, th- I think I saw an email thread that you were talking with someone about this. There was a uh, <clears throat> uh, a report that came out from this guy, Robert Lustig. And um, although a lot of people said, hey, this is really great. You know, people are saying that high fructose corn syrup is now bad. You know, there's this report. I think it's exactly the opposite. This is the 
Yeah, no, this is what I, I sent back a note. Did you get my note on that? I think, yeah, I think that's what, I, but I'd already seen yeah. this earlier in the week. So yeah. in, in this report, um, he calls sugar a toxin or a poison. And by sugar, he means not only the white granulated stuff we put in coffee and sprinkle on cereal, technically known as, and known as sucrose, but also high fructose corn syrup. And this is actually very, very bad because what is happening now, and this is, I'm reading from the New York Times, this is now being propagated, high fructose corn syrup is sugar. Because, of course, people are not going to stop using sugar, what they think is sugar. So now, Right. Well, this is part of the scheme that we've talked about on this show numerous times, is that since there's a backlash against high fructose corn syrup, which is uh, possibly a problem uh, to, with both obesity and diabetes, too. You think? What seems to be. Even though they have a great PR machine that keeps cranking out this crazy propaganda and, you know, they get subsidies from the government to make this stuff from corn. It's a base. It's a refine. It's something that goes through essentially an oil refinery process. It's not natural in any way. Anyway, so they have uh, they've been trying to, you know, first because of the backlash, they decided to they found a way to legislatively call it corn sugar instead of high fructose corn syrup. And so that and then we we predict and this would happen any minute. Uh, we predict that the next step is that, well, why should we have to call ours corn sugar when they don't call theirs cane sugar? They just call it sugar. So yeah. why can't we just call our sugar? And then the next thing you know, it's going to be called sugar and it's not going to be sugar. It's going to be high fructose corn syrup. And these sorts of articles, which are designed to put you Thank in a mindset of, of uh, HF uh, of equalization. Yeah. Right. A mindset of making of, of equivalencies. In other words, you 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 lump two things together and then you debate about it, it as okay. though it was one thing. And the brain puts them both together. And then you start beginning to think along the lines that these are the same thing when they're not. And then when you make the move from corn sugar to sugar. Nobody says anything, and believe me, they won't. And it's even better because this report comes out, and it's telling you that something's bad for you. And I think we have documented several times that um, not only do we put big smoking kills on packs of cigarettes, which makes people go and buy more cigarettes, look at the drug ads. They're, the whole drug ad is how it's going to kill you. You'll have anal leakage, all kinds of stuff like this. And they're like, oh, I think I need some of that. Something is wrong. with Our brains have been rewired, maybe. Um, because this is not seen as an actual danger. I mean, if you see a tiger growling at you, I think maybe some DNA kicks in. But somehow we've been mind-controlled and programmed that when you hear, hey, you know, this stuff can kill you, and uh, you don't want to be taking this while you're smoking, and don't drink, don't drink fruit juice with this, because you'll die. Uh, in, uh, this antidepressant may, may make you think about suicide. Oh, I think I shall go ask some for my doctor. So to say sugar is going to kill you, and by the way, high fructose corn syrup is sugar, People think, oh, I need some sugar, right? Well, that's definitely one of the elements. But the, I think the real goal here is to change the moniker. Uh, and the, it's going to, you know, the organic people, you know, or who are suckered into all this crap anyway. So they're just, I mean, the whole thing is pathetic. It's just going to be harder to find stuff. <laughs> the, the, the cane sugar, beet sugar people are going to have to put cane sugar and beet sugar on their products to make sure that people know that there's not high fructose corn syrup. Right. Well, I'm okay with cane sugar. It's kind of groovy. Yeah, I think it's fine. Um, anyway. So uh, I think we've lost France. 
to our show? Well, it, the, we already, I mean, we have like... We tri- only have two listeners we in have, France. We have Tristan and someone else. Who else do we have in uh, Gitmo Nation Stinky Cheese? There's one more, I think. Two more, maybe. Well, so there's, 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 two th- there's no more reason to visit. I'll tell you why. <laughs> so first of all, they've now officially banned full-face veils. And uh, which I think is a shame because I think it's very hot and sexy. I'm always yeah. like, you know, I have I have fantasies about what's going on under there. It's usually uh, some guy underneath, <laughs> some dude. <laughs> He's like, hey, baby, uh, oh, sorry. Um, so yeah, so this is uh, no more veils. Uh, you can get a fine of 150 euros, but this is now an official, 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 official. So that kind of is like, all right, but now. Now, Gitmo Nation Stinky Cheese is considering outlawing prostitution. Now, now you've got my attention. Wow. Yeah. If the laws uh, passed, France would join only a handful of European countries where clients of sex workers face prison. Clients of sex workers. Notice that. Sweden became the first in 1999. You don't need prostitution in Sweden. Everyone's hot. Followed by Norway and Iceland. Really, Iceland? Iceland should not do that. They should like crank up the the hose. Uh, Iceland's population is too small. Oh, that's true. It's only two hundred fifty, three hundred fifty thousand people. You can't really. You have to. It would be. It would be. uh, No, it's no good. You have to have a big population for prostitution to do well. You know the whole. I mean, lots of people go to the Gitmonation Stinky Cheese because you got the hot trannies on the Champs Elysees. I mean, that's where. That's the. It's tranny central. You can't like get rid of that. That's wrong. Where else are we so, going to get our trannies? I don't know. You can get them in one. Did you go to West Hollywood? You live right next door to the place. <laughs> Sometimes there's a guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I deserve a little. Uh, Hot pockets. You deserve there. more than that. You deserve a slap. Yeah. Really. So, uh, well, I wonder what the deal is there. That has to be probably the quid pro quo for the veil thing. Maybe the Muslim community like said, right, look, we right, don't like right. prostitutes. We like we like we'd rather have multiple wives. Of course, Carla Bruni's fair game is okay. You can be a prostitute, you know, like, and sleep with that midget. You know who she is? Yeah, she's the wife of Sarkozy. Yeah, right. Wife? Mm -hmm. Um, All right, now that you're taking the thing off the the track here with (laughs) a French news from France. (laughs) Exciting. All right, um, so uh, as we were talking in the pre-show, it's sometimes so hard to do this program because we talk about things. Oh, actually, I got a whole setup for this. Uh, let me take you back. Remember uh, the Washington Post interviewed me about Andy Carvin? No. Are you, do you ever show up for the program? Are you ever here, actually? I'm here at the moment. <laughs> right now. You're, you, you kind of live in the moment. So... Uh, <laughs> So Andy Carvin works for NPR. Andy Carvin is their social strategist, senior social VP of senior social strategy limited Inc. for NPR. And what he does is he aggregates tweets and uh, then that's passed on as news into the NPR organization. Right. Right. And we know this is all bull crap. Well, yes. So. He's now. By the way, do you know that he is rumored to be the front runner for a Pulitzer Prize for this? For for what? Yeah, I'm telling you, for a Pulitzer Prize. 
He's not a front runner. Yes, if he, he gets a Pulitzer Prize, and the thing's a, a complete farce. Yeah, unlike the Peace Prize, we went to went to Obama. Like that, Obama, like, like, Obama bomber. Yeah, like like that was real. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that was a good one. Yeah, well, it's true. So I'm. Uh, hold on a second. Where's this? Oh, I thought I had this link all set up. Oh well, that kind of bites. Anyway, so the Washington Post interviews me. For some reason, my link isn't working. So, what were they interviewing you for? Because I'm because they uh, and they, I, where, because they were doing this puff piece on on how awesome he is, right? Oh, and you were supposed to because you're the pod father. You're supposed to go. Oh, this no, is great. No, and oh. what and what happened was is. Uh, the interviewer said, well, does anyone not agree with, with what you're doing? And Andy Carvin, apparently, because, you know, our show does have some reach, uh, said, well, yeah, Adam Curry is uh, kind of critical of what I do. So uh, I do this whole long interview and I say, well, you know, dude, this is like it, it, it's you can't th- th- this. This is like wrong. You can't vet this stuff. The State Department, Hillary Clinton herself says that they're. You know they have techno experts who are um, uh, who are making stuff up. Shills, and yeah, shills. So I do this like half hour interview, and you and I discussed it on the show. You said, "Yeah, well, let's see what shows up." So NPR's Andy Carvin tweeting the Middle East, and and like literally, it's such a puff piece by Paul, your friend Paul Fari. Hold on a second, says Andy Carvin mid conversation, swiveling to his laptop. He taps away for a few seconds, as quiet as a squirrel. Squirrel, and then he's back. Andy Carvin does this 20, 25, 30 times. It's easy to lose count. An hour. It's practically second nature now. Often, he doesn't <laughs> even interrupt what he's saying. The typing and talking happens simultaneously. He should get a Pulitzer Prize. So then it goes on about how awesome. I like that voice. <laughs> that would be your pitch man voice. Right. So then he keeps on going. Now, you got to go to page two. Because, of course. Goes we, on? Oh, yeah. We can't how be, long is this article? No, it's like two pages. You can't be critical of Andy Carvin on page one. And then here it comes. All this makes some observation observers raise an eyebrow about Carvin's work. Wait a minute, John. I'm raising my eyebrow. No, I think we said douchebag, but okay, I'm raising an eyebrow. Quote <laughs> To have NPR appoint a senior strategist with full knowledge that they are publishing news or information based on tweets of unknown or unvetted sources is troubling, says Adam Curry. A media critic and veteran technology blogger and long long ago MTV VJ. It's like, discredit me, will you? You just discredit me right there by calling me a blogger, which I expressly said I'm a media assassin. Or you me- never, you're not a technology blogger. Of course I'm not a technology blogger, so that's factually incorrect. And then put in, and long ago MTV VJ. Um, who knows where this is coming from? I'm not saying Andy's a, bi- a bad guy or has an agenda. Which, of course, is I'm happy he put that in because that makes people think he has an agenda. But I do think it's worth asking what NPR thinks it's doing. And that's the entire criticism. In, that's out of a half an hour of chatting? Yes. That, that, that's, that's about it. right. That's about right. Now, Russia Today, who, of course, listened to our program. because Why did they listen to our program, John? Why, did, why would Russia Today listen to us? Because they're always complaining about Russia Today. Well, no, we give them advice, but, you know, they've got to hotten their chicks up. They've got. Oh, yeah. No, we have given the good advice. I think in the last show, people should go back and reference that because we uh, are once in a while on this show, we do some free consulting and we told them what they (laughs) should do. (laughs) 
They told them what they, told what they should do. By the way, how come you couldn't get a plug for the No Agenda show in on that I article? I did. Why? Because he he all he heard was agenda. Oh, yeah. Because I said no agenda, no agenda, no agenda, no agenda, no agenda. And he put, uh, I don't think Andy Carvin has an agenda. That's what he meant by no agenda. Are you kidding me? That's all I, t- I talked about you. He know who, he knew who you were. You know, he doesn't say, you know, I'm a technology blogger. No mention about the show. I said, do you know what we do? I, the whole thing was about the show. He doesn't put it in. Wait a okay. second. Hey, hey, I don't well, care. Play the douchebag yeah. thing. Douchebag. Exactly. Now you're talking. Exactly. All right, so what is Russia Today up to now? So they have, uh, the, the, they still don't call her Natasha. They got a new chickie on. And, uh, it's, you know, they're hot, but you, know, you got to get blonde Russians. They don't understand. I mean, I've been to Russia. There's plenty of blondes in Russia. Oh, yeah. But they get, they get the brunettes. It's like, it's wrong. But she's hot, and she has kind of a hot voice, but she's not called Natasha. I have yet to see one journalist in Russia, on Russia Today, whose name is Natasha, which is what you need. She'd be the star. Uh, but she's, this one is hot. Anyway, she, she they did take her advice on the techno techno experts, and they're literally just explaining how the State Department pays people to tweet bullcrap. <laughs> it's pretty funny. The U.S. is providing high-tech help with innovations for anti-government activists in a number of countries throughout the world. One of the latest developments is the panic button. According to the State Department, the application can be uploaded on activist cell phones. Should they be detained, the software instantly erases the contact book in their phones. Yeah, by the way, we all know what this is for. This is so that if if they get a hold of one of these shills over there in uh, in uh, North Africa or the Middle East or wherever, uh, you, you don't want any traces back to the State Department. That's what it's for. It's to blow up your phone so that they can't trace it back to Lucifer Clinton. And sends a warning alert signal to other activists. Sounds great. One push of a button and it's all gone. This is her. She's very hot. Probably among those thanking the U.S. government for the technology are going to be drug dealers and terrorists. <laughs> terrorists! But American officials, of course, claim the best of intentions, saying the innovation is to protect pro-democracy forces in other countries. To help use the technologies more effectively, the U.S. has organized training sessions for thousands of activists. The one held just weeks ago in the Middle East included anti-government campaigners from Tunisia, Egypt, Syria, and Lebanon. So this is this is kind of new. I didn't know this, but they apparently they have training camps in the Middle East that Lucifer Clinton sets up, and then everyone, all the techno bloggers and techno experts come aboard, and they teach them how to use propaganda on the Twitters. And as the newly trained and equipped activists return home, the U.S., as one State Department official put it, counts on the ripple effect. Foreign interference doesn't have to be a military invasion, a bombing. And this is some ugly American chick, stupid. ...campaign or, you know, some kind of special operation on the ground in that country. It can also be the training and funding and this political support given to individuals who then promote those foreign interests. And that's one of the newer strategies that the U.S. government has successfully been executing in different countries around the world that it doesn't consider subordinate to their agenda. And it's a way to do it subtly. Uh, it's, it, it's harder to... To detect it, it's harder to denounce it, and it can often be more effective. The U.S. perceives the internet and social networking platforms as major tools for spreading democracy and pumps millions of dollars into developing systems to help people in the Middle East and China get around internet blocking firewalls. So, this is so 
the State Department is selling technology. Yeah, they they're selling at all ends. It's it's mind boggling what is going on, and that where is our national treasure NPR on this story? Where is the Washington Post on this story? Hello, is they're literally equipping? They're doing training camps. They're equipping them. Well, we've been talking about this process for a while. We didn't know about the training camps, obviously, mm. but that's an it. Just confirms everything we've been saying for I, I don't know six months. Yeah, that, exactly. This whole system that this has been going on with the uh, with the social networking thing. I mean, it, it, it's I think its impact is exaggerated. I think I think it. Well, I you, think, you, for you example, know, I want you to listen to this. She actually goes into the exaggeration of the. I mean, I, it's Russia today, so it's their own propaganda. Take it with with what you want. But I want to. I want you to accentuate your point there, John. But at the same time, American companies provide Bahrain, Saudi Arabia, and Kuwait with the technology to effectively block websites. When the U.S. government purports to be spreading democracy, it's simply a sham. It's a pretense. It's a lie. The goal of U.S. foreign policy is to put its people in public office in foreign countries. The U.S. military has recently launched an online management program which enables it to generate multiple fake identities on social networks. Yeah, we know about that the one. false personas are designed to contribute to the flow of conversations on Facebook, Twitter, and other websites. People are using social media for cyber warfare. <laughs> I mean, that's what we're going to see more, more and more of, I think. From, from whether it's governments or non-state actors, they're going to try to find ways to use the Internet and social media to gain an advantage in their own battle. The recent turmoil in Libya suggests orchestration of Twitter with fake users. Here we go. Now listen to this. Only around 5% of Libyans have access to the Internet. and the so 5% of Libyans have actual access to the Internet, and 4% of that is in the government. The number of Twitter users there is so small that analysts couldn't even calculate it. <laughs> Yet, in February this year, a surge of Libyan Twitter accounts appeared, reporting in English, and virtually all begging for intervention. There you go. Gee, how could that be? Andy, make sure you retweet it. It's unbelievable. And then to have and the guy will win a Pulitzer Prize. You, and you by are, the way, mm -hmm. it's like the whole idea of Twitter is, I mean, if you remember when it first started up in the United States, it took forever for anyone to figure out what the heck it was good for. It was stupid. And, <laughs> yeah. and largely still is in many ways. In the old <laughs> well, if you, it, it helps because when we make our Twitter icon black, it stops governments dead in their tracks. So, so with a with a culture that is internet centric, like the United States, especially the youth culture here, you know, it took forever for the thing to catch on. But so, how does it magically catch on in some third world Libya, where people would give a crap about tweeting? I mean, it doesn't make any sense what at all. And then all of a sudden, you have this huge surge of interest. It's obviously fake. And all the tweets coming from Libya are bull crap. And the fact that it's being reported as news when it's just obviously you're right. It's about, well, we're right. We've talked about this for the last six months. It's coming straight from the State Department. And and Hillary more or less said so herself in that show that we did with the. Uh, more or less, she said techno experts. Yeah, she said it herself. The techno expert episode, we ta talked about it in detail. And, uh, you know, the, and the fact that the Pulitzer thing comes up with this. 
It's supposed. I mean, if the guy, you know, the reporter at the Washington Post should have been looking at this from that perspective. No, that this but, is bull crap. Yeah, but instead he like does a whole puff piece about how awesome Andy is, and then you know, and calls me a technology blogger, factually incorrect media critic. I'm not a media critic. I'm a lone wolf. <laughs> yeah. It's just you know, it's sad. It is just sad. But luckily, we've got. Several hundred thousand people who are listening to the show, and <laughs> the duck. And I want to say a big in the morning to Sammy. Sammy just popped into the chat room. He's a first time listener, and uh, he, was one, little, he was a little. He was a little. He was a little confused. <laughs> I bet he was. The way we started off this show, it's impossible to follow. He was us. like, "What? What is going on here? What is happening here?" <laughs> I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda in the morning. Now, before we get started on our uh, donations to the show, John, I want to mention a little article that came out uh, to yesterday, or the day before yesterday, about uh, our national treasure, NPR. Uh, so for those of you who think that NPR is... Um, non-commercial, uh, you are incorrect. And and the way we define non-commercial is, um, or commercial, let's put it that way, if the audience is the product, if the audience is being sold to anyone, be it an underwriter, advertiser, whatever you want to call it, to use Vivian's own words, then it is commercial. I don't care how you look at it. If the actual show, the information is the product, and you're not taking any advertising, then you're non-commercial. Um, so NPR has done something. That this will get legs. I think it'll get legs. They have launched. Now, you know that, I, John, we've been in radio, you and I, for a long time. Um, and uh, for those of you who, who consider donating to NPR, give the money to the No Agenda Show. We know how it works. We understand. You can call, you can call it underwriting, but if if you're handing out GoDaddy codes or Carbonite or whatever, it's it's advertising. And now NPR is starting a geo-targeting ad network. <laughs> I, I kid you not. The ad network would make it possible for sponsors to make underwriting buys. That could reach state, regional, or national levels, says Keith Hopper, Digital Services Director of Product Development. Though all stations have sale opera- sales operations for dealing with sponsorships, this network would provide underwriting from larger or national companies that don't necessarily reach out to smaller stations, Hopper said. The sponsors would go through national public media, that's the sales arm of NPR, and stations would likely have the choice to opt in to buys from national underwriters. So, again, how it works is they've done a very smart thing. They have national public media, which does all the selling. And national public media donates, uh, not all, but donates money to NPR. So, it's like a Chinese wall is what we call that. And you know what it is? It's a ripoff. It's a ripoff. And they are influenceable, influenceable through this system. And we oh, yeah. don't like it. And we uh, have taken a vow of poverty <laughs> to not do Sorry, it that way. I forgot about our vow of poverty. I was wondering where the money was. Yeah. <laughs> of po- I forgot that I've taken a vow of poverty. Yeah. What's your problem, boy? It's your vow of poverty. Yes, yeah. I think that's a good point. Well, let's thank a few people. 
First, I want to get to a couple of people who send checks in because I've been putting that off for a while. Yes. I want to start with the uh, all I can say. There's no nothing here. I'm just going to read this. It says International Human Resources Karma Request, $111.11. And uh, I guess I read these numbers. And I want somebody to take these down and tell me what this means because I have no idea unless it's, and it's not binary because it would be in some letter in there eventually. One, and maybe it's for that. You know, what's that, that thing you keep hearing on the, on the short wave, these numbers? Oh. Squirrel. One six two two five nine. Oh yeah, no, that's the, that's the the embassies and stuff transmitting uh, secret so, me- encoded messages. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, there's an encoded message. Maybe I want somebody to tell me what it is. <coughs> one one six two two five nine two seven six eight two nine two one three three six three three nine one five seven eight zero one zero two eight eight one two seven. Bingo. <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> <laughs> Also, out of Kansas City, we got $133.33, a magic number. Uh, we stopped tuning in. I just started listening to you and Adam on No Agenda. It's amazing. Best source of news since we've stopped turning to MSM since uh, 2008, donating $11.11 a month for the whole year. Just Thank you. adding the penny to make it a magical one thirty three thirty three. Keep up the good work. Uh, also, I want to thank Alan Bean for his uh, $50. He seems to send it in every month. He's from Oakland, California. And these are, uh, these are checks again. And uh, nice. Charles Rasnan the third, $53.33. And that's it for our checks. Our checks in the mail. Uh, we've got uh, Chris, Chris Engler, who we talk about, uh, you will discuss in a second, who's selling the No Agenda Dice. $111.11. Thomas Nussbaum. Sir Thomas, I'm sorry. Nussbaum in Virginia Beach. Uh, $111.11. Number four for Nichols, Dame Hood, and a Nicole, direct challenge to Nicole. Nichols. It's a. Nico- what I say? Nichols? Nichols. <laughs> hey, 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 honey. Here's a nickel. Come over here. <laughs> Dame Hood. <laughs> and direct challenge to my friends Amy, Fran, Mary, and Dave. And he needs a dedouching for some reason. You've he's been de Well, maybe, maybe he's dirty. I don't think so. Frank Davis, Florence, South Carolina. John, I've uh, emailed you regarding uh, much-needed karma. Please check your email from Frank Davis with the subject, John and Adam need karma to overcome nepotism and some job he's got, Ninety nine, ninety nine. And And, you know, so as I'm sitting down to do the show, and this happens every single week, and now it's actually, it's like a running joke... Eric the Shill says, uh, there's a category, annoy Adam emails to find. I, I need that like a day, like at least an hour before. I can't do that right before the show. So I don't, Fine, I don't, but, but do you have the email? Note that will suffice. Just deduce the guy. Yeah, but I, but I would, I, maybe it's a good oh, he needs email. The, he, he needs the karma. Oh, okay. But maybe it was a good email. I, I don't want to read be. it. It's You're okay. Not. Read it later. Karma. By the way, Eric, he, he, can I just message to Eric? Thank you, Eric. I received, uh, I received the gift. I really love it. It's awesome. What gift? He gave me a gift. Well, how come everybody's getting gifts? This is the second one on this show, but me. Well, maybe if you change your attitude, mister. Bill Gress, Myrtle Beach, South, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Uh, as a proud one percenter, please accept my donation. I'm also forwarding Barry Sotoro. Sotero. <laughs> <to> Barry. <laughs> 2012. To no agenda. That's a good one. I hadn't heard about that one. Barry Sotero 2012. That's good. I like <laughs> it. Did you, see his, did you see his sister on uh, Pierce? Whose sister? Barry Sotero's sister. No, I didn't know he had a sister. Yeah, Barack maybe Obama did, has a sister, yeah. Well, how come she's... 
Yeah, well, of course, she has to pop up because of the birth, the birth certificate thing. That's why it's like, here's proof. He has a sister. And she's so... That's proof of nothing. Yeah, but she, and she talks like this, like a robot, like everything is calculated. Even my daughter was saying, and you were watching this, cause, and my daughter was over, and we cooked together. And I said, oh, I got to turn this on. This is uh, this is proof that Obama is real, that, he's, that he exists. And she's listening to it. And, and uh, Pierce Morgan asks a question about uh, about their parents or whatever. And Christina says... She, she's got to be full of crap because if if anyone and she's been interviewed lots of times, if anyone asks about my parents, I immediately say, "Oh, you know this and that," and she has to like think about every word she's saying. I'm like, I'm so proud of you, girl. She's got. I mean, total mind controlled MK Ultra slave. Anyway, I digress. That's good. That's a good digression. Bjorn Penenberg, fifty five, fifty five, and he wants me to say in Dutch, "No agenda, hoor je echt." <laughs> News, news. <laughs> Try that one yeah. again. That was pretty funny. That's good enough. <laughs> no agenda, whore you. Whore you, echt news. Okay. What does that mean? Uh, you, heal, you hear real news on no agenda. Cool. Yeah. Arnold Reistad in Caldwell, well, Idaho, double nickels on the dime in the morning. John and Adam, here's a double nickels on the dime. For a birthday shout-out for my son, Nate. We got that listed. Keep up the good work. And a karma hit for the family would be appreciated. You've got karma. Oh, feels good when the whole family gets it. Double nickels on the dime from Troy Ruder. Or Rudder. Yeah, he's a uh, long Ames, time Ames, Iowa. In the morning, guys, might be the last one night who'd have lost track. Somebody's going to do the math for you. Either way, it's not the last as long as I keep producing the great shows you do from the Eagle Web Cam State, <laughs> Iowa. John Boland, Byron, New York. is my third donation now, 15% of the way tonight. Who'd have had a job interview Tuesday, and it went well. Yay. Could use some karma to get the job. All right. Got that for you. You've got karma. And he said with the increase in pay, he'll actually be able to afford to pay off his student loan, uh, which, by the way, is a plague on this country. This is, and, you know, I, I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but um, I was reading, I think it was even TechCrunch, I have to say. It was a good interview with the guy who started uh, PayPal. Uh, no, what, Teal. What's his name? Teal, the elitist Teal. You know, Peter Teal? The VC. Yeah, what about him? He was saying... The we are in a bubble, and the bubble is education, and that's going to pop, and that is what's going to kill us, the education bubble. And I thought, wow. What does that mean? How does an education bubble pop? Okay. So um, the cost of uh, college, which, of course— Oh, uh, it's ridiculous. In fact, I believe in—did <laughs> you read that uh, that Matt Taibbi article? Yes. Well, did you notice one of the things these two – by the way, there's an article in Rolling Stone for everybody listening to the show, by another one by Matt Taibbi. Linked in the show notes, noagendashow.com. The guy is amazing. There's the guy that should be winning a Pulitzer. Well, not hold just- on a second because I, I do want to point out that I mentioned that all of these loans had been made to employee funds through the TALF program, but he connected some names, and that's what was really genius. Yeah. And the fact of the matter is the education system has become a huge scam to promote student loans. That's why when I went to the University of California at Berkeley, I essentially went there for free. And now it costs $30,000 a year to go there. It costs as much to go to most public schools nowadays as it costs to go to Harvard. I mean, if you look at the cost, the difference is minor. 
And so it's like the whole thing has been a scam to set up these ever since they privatized the the college loan system, which used to be run by the government and used to be actually fair. They privatized it. Now all these students come walking out of college deep in debt. And this is the only loan that does not go away if you file for bankruptcy. Did you know that? Yep, I did know that. It, the whole thing is a complete scam. Nobody's done anything about it except a few protesters in England who are complaining about their tuition going up. And the fact of the matter is this has been creeping up, creeping up, creeping up. It's ludicrous. And the arts do not take out students. When I was a kid, you could actually work, you know, part time and you could pay for your, your whole, you could pay your way through yeah, school. Well, you what can't ha- do what that happened? Anymore. Yeah, I, he worked his way through college. Remember that? That used to be part of the American dream. Yeah, I worked yeah, you ever heard that even said anymore? No. Is that a meme out there? I've never heard the meme anymore. The meme is gone. Work my way through college. Now, of course, it's the meme. My grandfather taught at Harvard while putting himself through Harvard. That's how he paid for it. Can't do that anymore either. No, the whole thing is to become this huge scam to enslave these poor students into these ridiculous loans. And and if they miss a payment, there's all these. It's almost like a payday loan where you miss one payment, they, all of a sudden your interest rate goes up to thirty percent, and now you owe a half a million dollars. And the whole thing is a, it's an outrageous scam. And it's all and and the schools are in collusion mm-hmm. with the uh, with the loan companies, or they wouldn't have public institutions that wouldn't have jacked up their rates. And knowing that you you take it or leave it because it's almost like price fixing because every school now has these outrageous tuitions, whether they're public or private. It's unbelievable. And this is why you have so many hot uh, co-ed strippers. They're working their way through college in Los Angeles. Actually, you know, you you say that is a kind of a funny gag. No, I'm not. I think you're right. No, I I know I'm right. My daughter again... Who says, Dad, I went to two strip bars. And this is what every father wants to hear, of course. And because, uh, you know, there's a, there's an eight, you have to be 18 if they don't serve uh, alcohol. Then they have, they have strip bars for uh, 18 and over. And, said, and they're all really hot and they all go to college and they're all paying for school um, with uh, by stripping. You know, we got a, a couple well, of schools that, around here. That's probably the good news. <laughs> World. Yeah. So there's no. So what are we complaining about? Shut up, all right. Ixnay, Ixnay on the Ulske. This is good for us, John. This is really so good. So the point is, but the point is, I think it's valid, and I think these strippers prove it, that it's a, the huge scam that's been set up right underneath everybody's noses, and nobody cares. Didn't Wasn't the Obama administration partially responsible for the change in student loans? Wasn't that one of his big things, that we did we did something about student loans? I mean, he didn't I, do crap is what he did. But then, but then how did it, how did it, ch- when did it change to, uh, maybe someone in the chat room can help me out. When did it change? Well, to, who would, you who would, can, well, you why don't you figure out which, which president would like to see a lot of hot strippers? Let me think. Clinton. Really? So, but, but somewhere along the lines, it changed. I can't remember. I, I, we'll, we'll, fact, we'll, I remember get, we'll get to the bottom. John, I think it was under Bush, and I remember us talking about it on this show. It started, I, I, this started before Bush. No, I think that the you cannot get rid of your student loan even if you file for bankruptcy. I oh no, that feel- part may have been under Bush. Yeah, they that. did a bunch of that crap. They yeah. did a bunch of credit cards. You know, are now exempt from bankruptcy. I mean, where else are you going to borrow money? 
The whole it, it's, the system is is corrupt. It's corrupt. The politicians are corrupt. The schools are corrupt. It's amazing how corrupt everything has become. And I'm surprised that the public is not up in arms, but they're not because they're watching, you know, uh, Dancing with the Stars. John C. Dvorak's pet peeve of the day. Let's thank. Uh, I want to finish off here. Chris Slowinski in Sherwood Park, Alberta, Canada, fifty dollars. George Scanlon in Carpentersville, Illinois, fifty dollars. Jason Burke, Richmond, Texas, fifty. And finally, Jason Sal Bento in Toronto, Canada. Hey, John and Adam, longtime listener, first time donor, recently got a promotion. Figured now it's making a little extra cash. I could be helping out with the best show on the interwebs. If I could get a douching and a shot of karma, give him a combination for the new job position. I'd also like to have a birthday call out. You've got karma. Yeah, we got the birthday call out set. And that'll be it for this uh, show. I want to thank everybody who helped us do it. And, uh, and especially with the, and also the people that gave less than the $50, uh, which we list your name and, uh, and everyone who subscribes, please check your subscriptions to see if they're still valid because PayPal yeah. pulls them left and right. I saw that the, the, it looked like the five, $5 monthlies went down a bit. So I, we may have gone through another round of, uh, PayPal screwing us. It wait, it's probably Peter Thiel. He's probably he's probably making that happen. He's probably, I mean, peep, you know, I hear more. And more. <laughs> There's those guys that screw them. Hey. I got a I got a couple of weird things that happen on PayPal every once in a while. Like they kick back somebody's donation, saying you yeah, didn't they take ship it the back. Product. Right? They literally take it back. The money go, yeah. they take the money away from you. It's like yeah, it's weird. Wow. All right. Uh, so yes, we highly appreciate the support of the show. It's what keeps us running. You don't see us with no geo-targeted ad network with some foundation bull crap selling ads where you're the product. The show is the product. The show is the product. The show notes are the product. The noagendanewsnetwork.com is the product. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of product. John, we do some product here. We do some product, my friend. We're product meisters. <laughs> Dvorak.org. Slash N-A. Apparently kids everywhere love that uh, jingle. And uh, they they have a hard time pronouncing your name, like the, the toddlers. But they, da ba ba da That's the way my wife pronounces it. Hi, <laughs> Mamie Dubai. So uh, that is the only thing you need to remember. Dvorak.org slash N-A. today, but we are very happy to congratulate uh, Arnold Reistat's son, Nate, who turned two, uh, turns two today, so he'll be singing that jingle pretty soon. Also, Jason Soa Bento uh, says happy birthday to his lovely girlfriend, Alisa Kim, and we could not agree more. Happy birthday from your buddies here at the No Agenda Show. It's your birthday, yeah. And we've got, now did Mark uh, True come in with like $1,000 Right, that we all in one go, right? Yeah, he's not he's not messing around. So he'll, no, and he says his ring size is thirteen point five. Note to Eric. Okay, good. So uh, he'll be receiving an, a ring, and I think Eric told me two more weeks or something like that. Uh, he's got an update coming. Yeah, they're in process of being manufactured as we speak. Okay, now I mean, now that I know it's in the shills hands, now I know that it's good and that it's going to get done. And because man, for as much crap as I give Eric, sometimes he does a great <laughs> job. He really does. All right, Eric, feeling better now? All right. Yeah, he's probably not listening. <laughs> no, he's not. He's not even listening. <laughs> uh, Mark True, please step forward, sir. Because of your giving level up to the required status of $1,000, which you've done in one go, and you didn't even make us kick in the extra penny, 
Uh, we are very proud, sir, as you kneel before us to pronounce you and Knight V, Sir Mark True, Knight of the No Agenda Roundtable. For you, sir, an entire table full of co-eds who are stripping to work their way through school. Sir Mark, welcome. I've changed it. It's uh, Now we have uh, co-eds stripping through school. Uh, yeah, well, in- that's that's a new American phenomenon. Yeah, and they are entertaining our nights, which is uh, pretty awesome, I'd say. <laughs> okay, second half of the show. This is uh, where we usually have some fun. Oh, you got something crazy to go. Can I do one thing first? Yeah, of course. I, I don't know if anybody watches CNN, but over the years. <laughs> Wait a minute. I just raised my hand without talking. Does that count? I, 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 yeah, I watch that. I watch C-SPAN. I watch all the douchebag channels. So I don't know about you, but it seems to me as if John King is on something. He, he's he got this show in this John King's world That's, or something. He has like the walk, don't walk sign behind him all the time. And he's got, he yaks away at high speed saying most of the time not making any sense whatsoever. And he talks so fast, it's pretty hard to beat. But I've got this one clip here called John King is High. I want you, I want you to listen to it and tell me if you think, if you can understand what the heck he's talking about. And is, is Fran, is part of the bad news also that it is somewhat obvious proof that as the United States pulls back, and asks the Karzai government to do more to prevent them from coming back and maybe to cut a deal with the Taliban of some sort so the Taliban is not friendly to al-Qaeda, that those pieces, critical pieces of the equation, are failing. What? What? (laughs) What? He's not, I don't know if he's high. I think he's just an idiot. Uh, He's not talking fast enough for it to be coke. Um, Well, sometimes it's pretty fast. It, you know, it may be like something over the counter that he's on. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's coffee. I mean, some people no, get that way possible. with coffee. It's possible. I don't. They know. get all wired up with coffee, and the next thing you know, they're talking like a like. And this is just he strings words together, starts to make sense, just as it's about to make sense, and then he says Wait something. Wait a minute! Weird. Wait a minute! You think well, it's the magnetic? Yes, thing? I do. Let me let's listen to it again. And is and Fran is part of the bad news also that it is somewhat obvious <laughs> proof that as the United States pulls back and asks the Karzai government to do more to prevent them from coming back and maybe to cut a deal with the Taliban of some sort so the Taliban is not friendly to al-Qaeda, that those pieces, critical pieces of the equation, are failing. Yeah, I, I think it's a, a magnetized brain influence. But it's not, the magnet isn't, isn't cranked up to full speed like it did on those <laughs> other ones, so he's not like completely whacking out. But so I, did you see the thing on the internet, the, the, the movie of the guy with the magnet? Yeah, I, I, I told you about that. And, the, and, he, and he starts talking like those news anchors. Yeah. Totally. He, but he also twitches. Uh-oh. What are you saying? Well, I know he twitches. When they crank you, the magnet you, up, you, the guy... Are you saying I don't, guy, have, I don't have Tourette's, but there's actually mag- magnet work uh, going on? They're trying to... Well, I, never, I, well, I wasn't making that accusation. Oh, no, I, was, I thought it was an accusation. It's a possibility. Association is what I thought it was. Yeah, hmm. Maybe some people are more sensitive... To the magnetic fields, and they just zap out like you know, no apparent reason. Well, well, let's find out what is this that you want to talk about, which sounds like it's already nutty. Well, first of all, I wanted to uh, correct myself and uh, say that uh, Sammy is a is a female listener who uh, joined the chat room. That's why everyone's like, "Hey, Sammy!" In the morning, like you guys are so transparent. <laughs> we got like two women in the chat room. All right. Anyway, in the morning. Yeah, uh, two things. Uh, it's it, you, know, you can call me wacky if you must, but from time to time I like to remind people that the wacky theories when I say harp, uh, 
which of course is the earthquake, a part of the earthquake machinery that is being run. I like to pull out the official documents, and I've you know I've pulled out many different documents in the past. Here's a here's a new one. This is from the EU documentation from the European Parliament. Uh, now this is an older document from 1999, and they're talking about weaponry and uh, agreements to not use certain types of weapons. Whereas, despite the existing conventions, military research is ongoing on environmental manipulation as a weapon, as demonstrated, for example, by the Alaska-based HARP system. Now, when you hear that sentence, John, don't you think it means that they know that HARP is being used as a weapon? Am I, am I, can I not read properly? Hello? I, uh, you know, just listening to that, I don't have a copy of it. I don't know where you got it. Off their website, europarl.europa.eu. From the, from the EU's parliament? They, they yes. produced this? Yeah, this, it's it, online. It, all right. Well, it's, it sounds like they're suspicious. Maybe they're just, you know, maybe they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> well, so on Coast to Coast AM, uh, this this guy showed up. I have no idea who he is. It doesn't matter. Whenever someone agrees with my conspiracy theories, they're great. Brooks, during the Japanese earthquake several weeks ago, do you know if there was any kind of a spike from HARP? Some people have told me there was. Well, the spike that people talk about, there are actually two of them. One is a changing of the sky into kind of a lavender hue, uh, the auroral effect of the high-frequency uh, affecting the sky above where this earthquake is going to happen. And the other is a ham radio uh, being able to pick up that two-meter phased array carrier frequency from HARP. I'm not familiar with any data that shows the latter was there, and this earthquake did happen during the daytime, so it's difficult to tell whether there was the auroral signature. But Japan also sits in between the Chinese harp, the Russian harp, That's right. and the U.S. harp up in Alaska. So it's difficult to tell which one might have been used. And in cases like this, where you're looking at a target of multiple weapon systems, it might be smart to just follow the money, see who had the most to gain from an earthquake like this happening in Japan. Well, it, it's not the U.S. Japan was the number two buyer of U.S. debt. And we're, of course, wonderful trading partners with Japan. It would have been advantageous to the Chinese because they're the number one buyers of U.S. debt. And, uh, and they're up and coming strong. And they want to compete in several markets, not the least of which is electronics and manufactured goods and pre-manufactured goods. And, um, and their harp is located not very far away. And they are already suspected of targeting Japan, not actually firing them, but targeting them with missiles. So there is intent, there is um, opportunity, and there is capability. Those are three good earmarks for any investigator. Russia, on the other hand, also has uh, some motivation to do it because uh, they are uh, not really the friends that uh, the Clintons would have us believe they are with the West. The West, however, probably was not involved in it. Now, the other harps do have signatures as well. The one in Russia is nicknamed the woodpecker because its uh, ELF is so high amplitude that it makes a very loud 
ticking sound on the ham radio when it's picked up. No evidence that that one was picked up. So that only leaves the Chinese one left. Okay. Now let me uh, say what I think. Okay. Uh, I like the theory. And the, the Chinese, of course, have been asking Japan to give them an apology for Nanking for God knows how long. The, Ch- the Japanese keep telling them to shove it. Is that Larry King's brother? And, uh, yes, Nan, no, his sister, <laughs> Nan. Oh, Nan. Sorry. So uh, the Chinese have, have been have, have a grudge with the Japanese. And, of course, it would be nice if they could uh, start selling us cars. I, I, I mean, I'm not a big believer in this basic theory, but I, I more inclined to believe if anything was going on that it would be the Chinese uh, and uh, there was one other thing in I th- there that I think I, f- I think I have you stumped there John I think I have you in a place where like you okay I mean first I read you the European document where they talk about harp as a weapon and we have a harp weapon too by the way here it is here comes the harp you've got car play it bitch ah. it's our harp it's our harp uh, so uh Anyway, the, the, this brings to mind something interesting, be, just because of the ham connection. I knew you'd like that. And it's that Peter King of the U.S. Congress is trying to ban, mm-hmm. trying to steal the ham bans from the hams and, and kill the entire ham. So get all the hams off the air. Because they can hear the harp array. Well, based on the way that this is sounding, mm-hmm. I would say that maybe... Why, what other reason does he have? We got plenty of bandwidth for mm-hmm. all these services. They can't even sell some of it. They've mm-hmm. tried to. They've stolen all this TV bandwidth, and they can't put it on the market. So why would you want to take the few ham bands away mm-hmm. uh, out of the blue? Mm-hmm. Because okay, it's, well, I'm, because, stick it's to that. because it's annoying when you can hear it. Well, let's see if you can tell which one it is. Well, it's the, it's the woodpecker. Which, the woodpecker. <laughs> the woodpecker. Do you have a woodpecker call there? Oh, that's pretty good. Not bad. Not bad. I like it. Very good. All right. So that's your crackpot thing. Well, I was going to say. By that- the way, that guy can take my place. <laughs> yeah, when you die. I go off the bigger, better. <laughs> so, um, well, there's also another theory which I'm looking into of the heave weapon. And the heave weapon, (laughs) I need to balance you out, John. The heave weapon actually influences gravity. So the concept is that they uh, initiated the heave weapon and the ocean bed, the floor bed actually rises up and then they turn it off and boom, that thing slams back down and that creates the earthquake. I'm looking into this technology. The heave weapon. (laughs) Hey, and tonight, John, we got a date, you and me, you's and me's baby. We got a date tonight. Obama speech? No, we have a date, a date at 9.24 p.m., Gitmo Nation West time. They're shooting off an, another one of those Atlas V rockets, man. Ooh, from Vandenberg? Yep, from Vandenberg. Uh, Not- by the way, we don't have any money, but we're shooting off. The Atlas V, how, this thing is huge. Yeah, These that's the one you huge. want to go watch. And this is the second one for the National Reconnaissance I think office. you should get in your car and go down there and watch it, or up there. No, I can see it from the from the hilltop. But it depends on which way they target it. It may shoot my way or it could shoot your way. Dude, it goes up into space. It'll be nighttime. This thing will be burning. We'll, we'll see it for sure. At 924. I know exactly where to look, too, because I saw the last one. An Atlas V rocket. This has got to be hundreds of millions of dollars. 
And then we don't even know what it's for. It's a secret classified thing that the National Reconnaissance Office is sending into space to spy on us. You're, you're paying for the privilege of them looking at you. I hate you people. They're, they're probably spying on someone else. <laughs> yeah, it's classified. Yeah, so uh, now there is a chance that they'll have to delay it because uh, visibility may not be great tonight. Uh, but uh, they expect what's, it to, the window opens. visibility it. got to do with the launch? Does it have to see where it's going? I'm just reading off the the news, man. I don't do it. I'm not. I'm. I'm. I, I'm a technology blogger, not a journalist. Damn it! <laughs> technology blogger. <laughs> Let me just douchebag that guy douche again. Douchebag. You douchebag. Douche go go talk to Lucifer Clinton. Oh, douchebag. Just douchebag. Just makes me angry. Stupid people. Stupid people. <laughs> Frank Lautenberg is uh, playing his hand on this whole high-speed rail thing. Uh, so they left a billion dollars in that stupid budget for high-speed rail? It, that was just the interim budget. Brother. A billion dollars. A it's just billion. a waste of money. Well, it's not a total waste of money. I mean, it's going to benefit the Berkshire Hathaway well, investors. And this is exactly what Lautenberg's act is about. He introduced it the first time in 2010. It's coming back now. He's emailing constituents about it. It's the Focusing Resources Economic Investment Guidance to Help Transportation Act. Do you have the acronym? Focus, Give it to me. Focus Resources. No, I'm sorry. Focusing Resources Economic Investment and Guidance to Help Transportation Act. Freg uh, Dud? Fre- what is Freight. Oh, freight. Really? Yeah. Focusing resources, economic investment, and guidance. Then why don't they just t- tell it like it is? This is for the freight guys. <laughs> the whole thing is about freight. This has been yeah, your assertion. Been saying all along. Assertion from day one. Uh, so they actually make an acronym that says freight? freight. Yeah, hold on. All the boat trains good, planes bad. Ten and a half, eleven. Inches. Inches. Unbelievable! Isn't that isn't that, isn't that crazy? Nudge, nudge, crazy? Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Yeah, you know, for you idiots. What a big joke! And it's it's all about we need infrastructure. It's going to play a critical role. You know, and you got to read through the whole act, the whole bill, and then down at the bottom, it's like you know, trains is how we can move freight. The Freight Act will help help bring us national freight policy that will dramatically improve freight mobility in this yeah, country. Yeah, forbid that these big, giant, conglomerate railroad companies put their own damn beds in. They make the public pay for it so they can make more money. Well, remember, John, there's only one thing you have to do. Have you not taken your meds this morning, John? I always take my meds. Good. You know that um, it's uh, going out of patent, uh, the the hard-on drug, uh, Viagra. Oh. Yeah, we, it's uh, next year. It goes out of patent, so uh, you can watch it, all it, kinds Viagra of... Viagra 2. I'm sorry? My prediction. Viagra 2, my prediction. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. 
Well, they're working on all kinds of stuff. They're, you know, because of course there's all kinds of fake Viagra around, and soon that'll be basically legal Viagra. And Pfizer's freaking out. They got to make some more vaccines. Maybe they could make a vaccine that guarantees a hard on. That would be kind of cool. Huh. Wouldn't it? You just take one vaccine when you're like 13 or something, and then uh, guaranteed. <laughs> 13. <laughs> you have to be 21 in guaranteed this country. Guaranteed no erectile dysfunction. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, it's perfect. possible. Yeah, why not? We can just tell them that it works. Doesn't matter, does it? I don't think it matters. No, I don't think so. Uh, so I got a couple of uh, clips we want to get out of the way early. <laughs> we, 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 well, we're still more. Well, we're we're still before ahead. you go off into the boner direction. <laughs> Where else am I going to go? I want to play a couple. Okay. Strike missions continue. You need an intro. We're we going straight for it. Go straight. Well, for we've it. been hearing for weeks, as you said, Shep, that on Capitol Hill there have been testimony Shep. from various Pentagon chiefs saying that we had handed over the strike mission to NATO and that U.S. fighter planes would simply be used for refueling missions, for surveillance. Take a listen to Secretary Gates less than two weeks ago on Capitol Hill. We will not uh, be taking an active part in uh, the strike activities. Uh, and we believe that our allies can sustain this uh, for for some period of time. But today, Pentagon spokesman surprised many of us, letting slip this morning that, in fact, the U.S. had 11 strike fighter aircraft in the fight, six of them F-16s, flying, and on three separate occasions, they dropped bombs on Qaddafi's air defense systems. You know, but the rebels are still fighting against the Muammar, the leader there, Muammar Gaddafi, and, and they say they want the U.S. to take a larger role in the operation. I mean, why wouldn't they? Well, the French and the British also highly critical of the U.S. for not taking a larger role. But what we're really hearing from the Pentagon today is that, you, that the U.S. is taking a larger role than previously disclosed to the American public. The Pentagon arguing that these are defensive airstrikes, not offensive airstrikes, a difference that may be lost on the American public, which was told that the U.S. involvement in the strike mission was over, Chef. And it's not a war and we haven't taken sides, right? Well, it was going to last a couple of days. Yeah, a couple of days, we'll be out. Just a couple of days, people. <coughs> Chip. You can take that to the bank. Yeah, no, actually, we have that somewhere. Um, I, I need a whole panel just for Obama sound bites at this point. <laughs> it's becoming a comedy act. I mean, it, it, the guy is a comedy act. So why are we not out of Gitmo? So there was at the Chicago City Club, there was a New York Times reporter asking, of all people, Axelrod, who's now hanging out in Chicago. Oh, yeah. Well, he's he's starting up the campaign. That's what he's doing. He's getting ready for the – he's running the campaign, isn't he, with Pluff again? I guess. Well, I and so, so whatever the case is, the he was in there. The New York Times guy asked him a hard question about how come Obama said we're going to be out of Gitmo. You can take it to the bank. First thing he's going to do when I'm president is get us out and close down Gitmo. Right. And so it turns out, uh, uh, Axelrod, I got the clip here that, that he where he tries to explain it. And, of course, it's not Obama's fault. Even though he could sign executive orders, he's got a million ways of doing it. He couldn't do it because Congress, even though it was 100 percent Democrats, uh, Congress wouldn't let him. So he didn't want he didn't want to push the issue, I guess. That he, former USC law professor, who knows that this is morally outrageous. Why didn't he say, no, I ain't going to sign that because those guys got to get out of there? Well, um, let me let me say a number of things about that. First of all, uh, 
Well, I got to make up a lie. Um, let me say a number of things about that. First of all, let me be clear. Listen, okay, I've got it. There is this institution, as you mentioned, called the United States Congress. And under our system, they... My God, he has to... You know, when you, John, agree with me. When you talk like that, you're making up the lie as you go along. There yeah, is you're this, adding a lot of extra words so your brain can catch yeah. up to what you're trying to dream up. Yeah, there's this institution, as you well know, it's called blah, 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 the American Congress. They have a, some authority here. And they've exercised that authority, uh, and they've exercised it, uh, uh, you know, in contravention of, of the, the, the pleas that the president and others have made. We wanted to close Guantanamo uh, because it was and remains a, uh, uh, a hindrance to, uh, to what we're trying to accomplish overseas. Uh, it's a negative symbol, uh, and in that sense, it doesn't enhance our safety. It detracts from it, and that's why we wanted to move uh, uh, remaining prisoners from Guantanamo to Thompson, Illinois, and to, into another uh, facility there. That's uh, as and and the United States Congress uh, has blocked that um, and uh, has made uh, has made it more difficult in terms of where the venues in which these uh, folks are going to be uh, are going to be tried. Uh, but I will say, Jim, so, so we're proscribed from it. And so then it becomes a matter of you can take that to the bank. Uh, I'll make I'll, I'll throw a little a little sugar on top, Johnny boy. Pentagon now says they have second thoughts on withdrawal from Iraq. This is a little thing. <laughs> you got me. You got me on that one. Yeah, eight months shy of its deadline for pulling the last American soldier from Iraq and closing the door on an eight year war. The Pentagon is having second thoughts. Reluctant to say it publicly, officials, this is from AP, by the way, officials fear a final pullout in December could create a security vacuum, offering an opportunity for power grabs by antagonists (laughs) in an unresolved and simmering Arab-Kurd dispute, a weakened but still active Al-Qaeda, or even an an adventurous neighbor such as Iran. The U.S. wants to keep perhaps oh, several thousand troops in Iraq, not to engage in combat, but to guard against an unraveling of a still fragile peace. Yeah, it's real peaceful over there. Right, let's go on vacation to Iraq. It's so peaceful. This was made clear during Defense Secretary Robert Gates's visit Thursday and Friday, in which he and the top U.S. commander in Iraq talked up the prospects of an extended U.S. stay. Oh, really? How do you answer that, douchebaggerod? Unbelievable. People, That's a good one. It's not a good one. It's sad is what it is. It's totally well, sad. You know, jig yourself into a hole and you fall in and you're in there. Um, yeah, it's sad for the U.S. economy since we're going broke and I still have potholes out here, even though there's probably <laughs> less of them in Iraq. Hey, you know what? I've been on that highway from Kuwait City to Baghdad. It rocks. I mean, yeah, okay, the bridges are blown out, but the, it's, it's a 16-lane highway. There are like eight lanes on each side. I'm not kidding. It's a beautiful highway. No potholes, Wait, wait didn't Obama say he was going to get us out of the war? First thing when he became uh, president, you can take that to the bank? You can take that to the bank. Yeah. That's exactly what he said. Apparently lied. No. 
All right, so that's enough of that depressing news. Yeah. I have one, another piece. Just another little thing to get out of the way here. Uh-huh. Uh, this is unreported education news. I didn't realize this, although I've always suspected it. I always thought it was weird. They start, they used to have a bunch of ads here in California about how you should get your two-year-old into Head Start. Get him in the, get him in the Head Start because it's going to, you know, get the kids, start training them early, propagandize them. I think, of course, you know, you get these kids early into these pre-kindergarten programs, which they had all over California. They're promoting like... Like crazy, even though they cost a fortune. Of course, a lot of it's so you can get the kid out of the house, I guess, or you can't, you don't want to raise your kid. You shouldn't have kids if you don't want to raise them. But that's okay. It's another story. And uh, I might be wrong. So they. So there's a, apparently some studies that have been done. I didn't know any of this. This is one of the congressmen. I have his name somewhere here. Well, uh, let me guess. Dan Duschbach. No, he's a. This is a guy. He's telling. He's is a Reed Bibble. <laughs> so Reed, <laughs> Reed, Bibble? Reed Bibble is bitching and moaning, and he and he just throws this little gem out, and I'm going, what? I never heard any of this. Is to first recognize that we have a problem, that there's a sickness in our system, and it doesn't work, and the idea that modest cuts to one program is going to jeopardize the entire education system is just not true. What it will do, though is it will begin to send a message to those running those programs that they have to fix them. The results of an independent Head Start impact study indicate that the benefits of access to Head Start at age four are largely absent by first grade. Hmm. It's worse even for those three-year-olds who go in the program. In fact, the study cited that it had negative impacts on three-year-olds. And so the time to begin to challenge the status quo now. So we need to get so, a hold of this study, man. We've got to see what the yeah, study is all I'm about. Thinking. Now, I'm thinking the interesting thing. Why would a three-year-old, why would it hurt? Well, for one thing, he's taking a three-year-old out of his house, his home uh-huh. and put him in with a bunch of strange kids and a strange teacher. And then, of course, if you know these programs, they just essentially brainwash the kid, which would depress anybody, especially if you're three. And uh, so these programs are all crap. And this guy's just, we have to find the study. I really hope, if, if uh, Miss Mickey and I are fortunate enough and blessed with a child, and uh, I would hope that would be a girl, I am going to homeschool her with a stripper pole. And just move straight. <laughs> just move so straight. So she can go straight to college. <laughs> you just get ready for college, get the kid on the pole, and, <laughs> and you're good to go. <laughs> that is the Head Start program Gitmo style that I am thinking of. I'm very excited about this. I cannot wait. College. <laughs> Nancy. So I guess the. Yeah, sorry. Go on. Nancy Pelosi. Go ahead. You, you finish. Had a, you had a, I stepped on whatever punchline. I didn't know you no, had No, no, it comment. wasn't a punchline. It was a lead in. So you finish up. Well, I was just going to say that uh, is something we got to look into because it doesn't, it doesn't surprise me. And then this homeschooling thing, which we picked up on earlier, is something going on there, too. The whole system is, is again, part of the entire corruption of the, that we're having to deal with. And, of course, the big news instead, if you watch the news this last couple of days, is, is O'Biden falling asleep. That was hilarious. During the Obama speech. And there's a hilarious for a number of reasons. One, it became a hot news item everywhere. Everybody was even with the compromised Ministry of Truth. ABC started it, actually. So there's something going on because they had a camera on O'Biden and they're just like (laughs) O'Biden. (laughs) 
they're focusing on him until he conks out. They probably drugged him. He conks out. I mean, what was what were they trying to tell us that Obama needs new speechwriters? I mean, there's some hidden message here because normally these 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 in the bag TV networks think about this. Everybody, oh Biden's Most out. He's out. No, no, this is the start. This is the Dean scream for O Biden. They've, you think? Yeah, of course. He's done something wrong. He has done something fundamentally wrong. The call went out. Embarrass the guy. Hey, for all I know, this could have been inserted footage. I don't even know if it's O'Biden from that speech. Who the hell knows? No, I think right. the call went out. This was a this was a avert. A it was a hit job. Total political two to the head. Political. Yeah, I yeah. agree with that. I, I, if I were O'Biden, I'd stay away from the hot tub. Not a good idea. Well, maybe be- this is the, not to get too weird about this. Although, you know, Obama is running for president. He's already on the campaign trail. So it's just, so, you know, one of our theories was that, you know, he's going to resign. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, O'Biden o- o- would want to run and then Hillary would want to run. But the, the, the script is for Hillary. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's uh, the setup man. Yeah. And so you want to first take O'Biden out if anything does happen. But Obama is running now. Obama's starting to run a little prematurely. In other words, he's running earlier than he really should have to. And he's going to collect a billion dollars, which seems like a lot of money. And apparently so there's something- he, he still has 300 million tucked away. Did you know that? Yeah, from the last campaign, yeah. none of this gets audited. We we like I've I've been talking to a lot of IT guys, and I'm going to encourage anybody else to send me an email, jonathanvorek.org, if you have any way of of documenting or showing how you can scam small donations through the internet. So in other words, a big donor, somebody yeah. wants to give them like $25 million. You put it in a pot. The pot starts cranking out fake IPs and donating five, 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 five for, you know, a couple right. of days. Right. And the next thing you know, you got the $20 million transferred from some Arab sheik or cutter or whatever, or, you know, the people that put together Al Jazeera, everybody's also hot over now all of a sudden. Uh, and all of a sudden this shows up in American coffers, you know, which is totally an illegal contribution, but it could be done on the internets. Hey, so, could, could, uh, here's a thought, because, of course, you know, you and I have to pay taxes over all these giving levels. What if we just uh, create a the no agenda ticket, right? And... Um, and and you know so we we start a exploratory committee but we actually run for the presidency and the vice presidency i don't have to tell you which one you are and um, and can't we just take all that as campaign donations you have to spend them <laughs> yeah yeah like there's a lot left over i'm saving <laughs> after we pay bills right no agenda news network is not like well the problem i don't month. mind i like the idea i'd rather just keep continuing the way we're going and in, in so far as as opposed to scamming the system because right. the paperwork yeah, for this is, is you know you need a full-time yeah. bookkeeper yeah and can, that would be see, one er, eric is cringing it's like no i don't, I don't think eric <laughs> no i don't want to do this. books now it's easy it's like here's my money <laughs> it's like here you go uh, take it it's all over what do you mean? You're going to be the vice president? Yeah, of course. I get yeah, to fall sure. asleep. So uh, I, I get all I, the hot strippers. I, I, I would rather doze off. <laughs> so uh, anyway, so something something is up with this Ob- with the Obidens falling asleep and yeah. and the uh, and Hillary and the rest of well, it. Well, particularly so we have to because keep particularly because ABC News broke it and it's their video that's propagating. Um, and as we know, the president of ABC News, the brand new president of ABC News, his sister is a special senior advisor to President Obama. 
So there's right. no way in hell that would happen. I mean, can you imagine if it was unintentional? No. So this is a call one out. It's very obvious. Yeah, it's intentional, definitely. I have an end of show clip, uh, John, which I think will be kind of fun to listen to. You're never going to listen to my Trump clip. So before we do that, let me play the Trump clip uh, and get at least the first one, the short one, which is Trump will do a great job. This is basically all he ever says now. A great job uh, if I run and if I win. <laughs> right. A great job if I run and if I win. A great job if I run and if I win. But his numbers are pretty big according to the polls. So yeah, it's all bogus. Yeah, of course it's bogus. Yeah. He is essentially a red herring, and he's also setting up. Uh, he gets to do the Obama birth certificate thing without getting the whole party in trouble. All right. And uh, he also gets to experiment with what works and what doesn't work because he gets attention for you know coming up off the wall with various comments. And he wins because and, the ratings for um, uh, and his show goes up. Right? Yeah, the ratings for what is it, Celebrity Apprentice, just keep going up. So it's perfect. Everybody wins. M- M- uh, NBC wins. GE wins. Or Comcast now. Trump wins. Everybody wins. And most of the time, you see Trump. He's on AB- NBC, which is of course yep. a. Uh, stooge for the Obama administration because we know that uh, what's-his-name is brought over to the administration and GE doesn't have to pay any taxes. And uh, and the only other place that plays the Trump card, the Trump card a lot, is uh, MSNBC, which and they, they do it mockingly. Oh, ho, ho, this is crazy. These Republicans are all idiots. You know, right. but then they play hours of Trump. Right. They love, they love some Mr. Trumps. I gotta... Okay, well, we'll put up... I got an email from uh, from Boots on the Ground, uh, producer Nathan, who was a student at Wichita State University. I said, guest speaker the other day here on campus. The speaker was Gary Bridges. Uh, do you know who Gary Bridges is? No. Senior vice president of Cisco. Uh, this hu- The human network. Remember Cisco's tagline, the human network? <laughs> yeah, that worked. Mm, well... Gary's speech focused on the future of the Internet. However, none of his hour-long diatribe discussed the Internet as we think about it, referring <coughs> to web browsing, etc. His speech focused on technology and ideas that Cisco is currently working on. Uh, he said that about 1% of the U.S. population has schizophrenia and has trouble taking their medicine. He literally passed around a package that included a Band-Aid-type tracking device that is placed on the lower back of the patient and the pills that are prescribed are linked to the Band-Aid. The Band-Aid has a small chip that connects using Wi-Fi to satellites and tracks the patient via GPS to the doctors that administer the care for that patient. He literally said, quote, they can tell if you did not take your meds and if you did not take your meds, someone will contact you via phone or we will send a nurse to your residence to ensure you take your meds. I looked over. Wow! I looked. Nice over, note. I looked over at my wife and gave her a hot pockets in the morning and shut up, slaves. Take your meds, but she blew me off. Can you believe it? <laughs> I actually sent him a mail back. And said, "Dude, easy on the wife, man." Just take your meds, slave. He also uh, bridges the VP of Cisco. Also said he believes the information age will be dead by 2025, and then nanotechnology and new medical technology will be the wave of the future. I thought that was a great email. We get lots of emails like this from the boots on the ground. 
Um, and I think there are a couple other things that just run through the uh, the show notes. Uh, <clears throat> the IRS is going to be using pre-crime uh, enforcement tactics now. I'm sure you've blogged about that, John. Hello. I got a note about it. I, I don't think it's been put on the blog yet. No, they're, they're using software that basically predicts if uh, you're the kind of person that will cheat on your taxes, so they'll come and check you yeah, out. Yeah, they have, but th- this is nothing new with the IRS. The IRS has profiling software that they've used for years. For example, if you're a, a professional writer, they run a program against you, and they can tell if you're, you know, it, wh- how you're spending your money essentially, because you you would have a you would have a certain level of expenses and a certain level of this and that. Right. And they do this with most professions. They can tell doctors. This is how they busted all the uh, all the waitresses some years oh, yeah. back. Well, it was they, a big scandal. Yeah. They they also you know they stand out. They go sit in cafes and stuff, and they count how many drinks are sold, and then calculate what it should be. They got all kinds of methods, but it's but they they it's a little more scary now as they're now like talking about the technique you know they're really talking about it in a pre-crime sort of way yeah well i think it's always been that but yeah it might be a little worse and it will be a part of if you see something say something hey hey man hey you know i don't think he's paying his taxes if you see something say something also now at uh sydney airport the see something say something signs even though that's uh it's a u.s homeland homeland security department initiative it's uh spawning all over the globe and we want our australian listeners to take pictures of that and send it to that no agenda photo right, uh exactly thing we're doing okay. you know they're also trying to ban uh topless sunbathing in australia not enough college students? <laughs> I don't know, but it's like a bunch of. I, I'm not. I, I gotta, Why? What is their problem in Australia? Uh, well, <laughs> I have a clip. It'll be funny to listen to. Here we go. A sunny afternoon on a beach in Sydney, and hundreds have come to relax and soak up the sun. But trouble is brewing for those who get too relaxed because conservative politicians and a Christian morals campaigner want to clamp down on topless sunbathing. Those who want to tan without strap marks may find they're banned from beaches in the whole of New South Wales. I, I love the alliteration. Those who want to sand sun without strap marks might have a ban on the beaches. Douchewoman. Australian morals campaigner Reverend Fred Nile believes women degrade themselves by exposing too much. She demeans herself. I believe that she's taken away her own self-respect. And I'd say any of the men around that area uh, would not have any respect for that girl and probably would think that she's cheap. <laughs> That's what, exactly what I think. What a bunch of bull crap. I like, hey, you got nice boobies. You must be cheap. <laughs> this is unbelievable. Yeah, good way to get slapped. This guy is like an, an obvious douchebag. Yeah, let's uh, let's hit him with one of those. Douchebag. You know, a lot like Europe, it's very common in uh, Australia to just, you know, by the way, it's part of the human anatomy. It's part of your body. Is, is there anything in the Bible about it? Mm. Oh, you can't show a breast? Uh, yeah, I mean, have you ever seen some of those pictures from back in the day? Some of those paintings? Everyone was naked. And and some, you know, I don't know. I anyway, don't, okay, uh, it's just another bad thing going on down yeah, under. Yeah. Uh, I did see, uh, oh, that was kind of interesting, kind of along those lines. A, um, let me see if I can find this. Yeah, here it is, Pennsylvania, which, of course, is a hotbed of... Uh, <clears throat> of uh, shills who show up in uh, the Middle East and North Africa. They all go to university in uh, Pennsylvania. 
uh, a uh, federal judge has ruled that it is okay to wear you know the you know those uh, can breast can you know those bracelets, John, like the rubber bracelets. Yeah, that people sell like it started with I guess Lance Armstrong's Live Strong. Right. So uh, there's a new wave of them, and this went all the way to a judge. It says, I heart boobies uh, for breast cancer fundraising. And uh, the judge said, no, that's okay, because apparently he loves them boobies. But that's okay, so we can use Why that. would this go to court in the first place? Because we've got, do you think idiots are only allowed in Australia? But we, it just says, it says, I heart boobies, and people, <laughs> oh, this is terrible, let's sue them. Yeah, exactly. Wow. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. If you see something, say something. He's wearing a bracelet with boobies on it. If you see something, say something. And uh, here's the crazy one that uh, a lot of people are talking about. Uh, This is so nuts. This is in Seattle, uh, not far from where uh, the Dvorak family is hanging out. A sophomore at a local private high school. Uh, ran into a little, tr- little trouble. Jessica is 16. And uh, <laughs> this is great. She, um, at the end of the week, I had an idea to fill little plastic eggs with treats and jelly beans and other candy for a community service project, but I was unsure how the teacher would feel about it. She was concerned how the teacher might react to the eggs after a meeting earlier in the week where she learned about their abstract behavior rules at the school i went to the abstract behavior rules this is a new one i went to the teacher to get her approval and she uh, wanted to ask the administration to see if it was okay she said no problem with the eggs but you couldn't call them easter eggs you have to call them spring spheres what (laughs) so they have these rules abstract behavior rules and, you know, because we have to be fair to all children of, you know, other beliefs and religions, and we can't be, like, treating, you know, anyone, we can't be uh, giving anyone any, any any props above the others. We, you know, we, we can't, we don't talk about Christmas. Uh, we can't talk about Easter eggs. They are spring spheres. How come they can't be spring eggs? Well, I don't know. It's not a sphere, for one thing. No, it's an old. Generally speaking, there I've got these. We use them here for you know Easter hunts, and they're little eggs that are hollow, and you pull them apart, and you put some money in them or some candy, whatever you want to do. Well, this is well, of course the other big story this week besides that stupidity, which is unbelievable. This is again the problem with public schools: <laughs> is the little kid that got felt up by the TSA, the six-year-old. Yeah, well, that and was by actually the way, last when, week. Actually, when you watch the movie, by the way, I never just saw the film this a couple of days ago. The kid is freaking out. The kid's freaking out, but the the the, the TSA douchebag pushes the mom aside yeah. when it's very. We've heard over and over and over again in various testimonies that we picked up on C-SPAN that you're not supposed to do that the person the mom should be right there yeah yeah i know i know i know so maybe i shouldn't even maybe we should do your end of show clip because my end of show clip is not going to make it feel any better <laughs> i can guarantee that what is it about um predator drones uh, inside the united states of america oh we can run that next week yeah so we- my my thing is is Trump going on and on about himself. It's very okay. funny, All right. and it shows you what a joke the uh, media is for playing this. And it's obviously a setup. Okay, it's a scam. It's a it's a, it's ridiculous. Okay, good. I, I feel much better about doing that. 
I hope you all enjoyed our little program. We work very hard on it. We appreciate you keeping it running with your giving levels to the program. It is Dvorak.org slash N-A. That's all you have to remember. We have uh, Mr. Oil's, uh, crude, Oil's Crude coming up after the end of show clip. And uh, remember... And, and also, yeah. well, make sure to also visit NoAgendaShow.com where you can also link to the donation page and also uh, NoAgendaNation.com and you can slash N-A or slash donate if you can't get to the Dvorak.org site. Yeah, and ShutUpSlaves.com slash donate. NoAgendaNewsNetwork.com uh, I've got a couple more contributors if you want to contribute, uh, hit me up, AdamMcCurry.com and we are looking for the RV for our Gitmo Nation tour. So coming to you from uh, the Hilltop Watchtower Crackpot Command Center here in Gitmo Nation West, still in the People's Republic of Southern California, I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley uh, and the Buzzkill Bunker, I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll talk to you again on Sunday for early morning service right here on No Agenda. You're going to be paying 7 or $8 a gallon for your oil very soon. But do you blame this all on Barack Obama? Well, I blame a lot of it. It's been a terrible presidency. Look at Libya. We go in. We don't want to remove Gaddafi, but we're going to go fight, and we're going to this, and now nobody knows what's happening, and it looks like Gaddafi is going to beat the United States. Would you as president say, let's get more aggressive, let's put boots on the ground if we have to? I'm only interested in Libya if we keep the oil. If we don't keep the oil, I'm not interested. I don't know who the rebels are. You know, they make the rebels like it's some romantic, beautiful novel, the rebels. I hear the rebels are Al-Qaeda. I hear they're Iran-backed and Iran-influenced. Where are they getting those weapons before we came along? From Iran. Gaddafi's going to go around saying he won the war against his country. When you ask me what I do, I'm only interested in Libya if we get the oil. All right, so everybody wonders what the Obama doctrine is, asking questions. He doesn't have a doctrine. He doesn't have a doctrine. Would you? What's your doctrine? What would your doctrine be? About what? With respect to what? Foreign affairs. Foreign affairs is we take care of ourselves first, okay? We don't build schools in Afghanistan. We go to Afghanistan, we build a road, we build a school. Two days later, they blow up the road, they blow up the school, we start building the road and the school again. In the meantime, we can't build schools in Alabama, in New Orleans, in Texas, in New York, my place, where we're always fighting to try and get school money. We're spending trillions and trillions of dollars. My thing... And my doctrine would be build, build, build. Some positive news for you, this new poll, NBC News, Wall Street Journal poll, that shows you surging to second place among potential GOP candidates for 2012. Why do you think that you are connecting with voters? I think that I connect with people because I happen to be smart. I happen to have a lot of common sense. I happen to know what I'm doing. I built a great company. And by the way, if I run... I look so forward to filing a declaration because it's, it's a great company. I built a great company, and I'll make that decision sometime prior to June. What are you waiting but for? I think what are you I'm waiting res- for? Well, I hate to say it. I have the number one show on NBC. Oh, yeah. That's pretty good, fellas. Is that a correct statement? I mean, The Apprentice is doing great, The Celebrity Apprentice. And I am not allowed to run. What does that have to do with it? has a lot to do. It sounds so trivial, and I hate to even bring it up. But I'm not allowed to run during the show. No, you're not allowed to have a show on. 
and be a declared candidate. Thank you, pizza pie. <laughs> it's a great show, and it's got phenomenal ratings. And until that show is over, I can't declare, because otherwise NBC would have to take the show off the air. And I think that would be very unfair to NBC. Recently, you've spent a lot of time talking about President Obama's birth certificate, or lack thereof. You don't seem convinced that he has one. No, I'm not convinced that he has one. I've had very smart people say, Donald, stay on the China issue, stay on the Saudi Arabia issue, stay on the India taking our jobs and the Mexico, which is NAFTA, which Get off cleaned the birth out certificate New England. Issue. Get off the birth certificate issue. Why don't you? Because you know what? Three weeks ago when I started, I thought he was probably born in this country. And now I really have a much bigger doubt than I did before. But based on and, what? And you know what? His grandmother in Kenya said he was born in Kenya and she was there and witnessed the birth. Okay? He doesn't have a birth certificate or he hasn't shown it. He has what's called a certificate of live birth. That is something that's easy to get. When you want a birth certificate, it's very hard to get. But he it's considered, me, considered the equivalent. And in the it's not no, the wait. equivalent. In the state of Hawaii, they said they have Meredith, seen this document. It's it is not evidence the that he was born in the United States. That's good enough for them. Scholars have a looked at it. A birth certificate is not even close. A certificate of live birth is not even signed by anybody. I saw his. I read it very carefully. Doesn't have a serial number. Doesn't have a signature. There's not even a signature. Do you and believe he's I'm lying? I'm starting to think that he was not born here. He Do you spent, believe listen, he's Meredith, lying, Donald? Come on, just Meredith, he spent $2 million in legal fees trying to get away from this issue. And if he weren't lying, why wouldn't he just solve it? And I, w I wish he would, because... If he doesn't, it's one of the greatest scams in the history of politics and in the history period. Just you are not allowed to be a president if you're not born in this country. He may not have been born in this country. And I'll tell you what, three weeks ago I thought he was born in this country. Right now I have some real doubts. I have people that actually have been studying it and they cannot believe what they're finding. You have people now down Absolutely. there searching, I mean in Hawaii? Absolutely. And they cannot believe what they're finding. I would like to have him show his birth certificate and can I be honest with you I hope he can because if he can't if he can't and if he wasn't born in this country which is a real possibility I'm not saying it happened I'm saying it's a real possibility much greater than I thought two or three weeks ago then he has pulled one of the great cons in the history of politics and beyond politics. Do you consider yourself a Tea Partier? I think so. I'm very proud. I, yeah. I'm very proud of some of the ideas they put forth. And the big idea is they want to stop this ridiculous, absolutely killer of spending that's going on. What's going on in this country, the way we're spending money like drunken sailors, we are just absolutely... Going, and ultimately, we're going to destroy our own freedom. But we they want to it. stop it, even at the cost of shutting down the government. Well, that's excuse a, that's me. That's a possibility. Are you in favor of excuse that? Excuse me. It's not really shutting down the government. It's cutting costs. The kind of money that you're talking about is peanuts. And I think the Tea Party has done an amazing service for this country because people now, even very liberal Democrats, are starting to think for the first time, well, maybe we can't just keep giving everything away. But if so I were, think they performed a great service. So if there were a partial shutdown of the government come Friday, that would be okay with you? In my opinion, you know, I hear the Democrats are going to be blamed and the Republicans are going to be blamed. I actually think the president would be blamed. If there is a shutdown, and it's not going to be a horrible shutdown because, as you know, things will sort of keep Well, there's a partial shutdown, but right. If there is a shutdown, I think it would be a tremendously negative mark on the president of the United States. He's the one that has to get people together. Right. I'm a deal man. I made hundreds and hundreds of deals and transactions. He never did deals before. How can you expect a man that's not a deal man, that never did a deal, 
other than, frankly, becoming president of the United States. He never did a deal. How's he going to corral all these people? So how would you do it now? Now, you're in the Oval Office right now. I would get everybody together and we'd have a budget. And they've all gotten together. Well, that's because they don't have the right leader. You don't have the right leader. This is the president of the United States has to get this done. And I think he probably will. Now, I don't say he, but I think he and the group probably will get it done. But it's pretty sad because the whole world is looking at us and laughing at us. You've uh, criticized Obama quite a bit in this interview and, and in the past. What do you think he has done well? Get elected. I think he did a great job when he ran for office. That's it? Well, I think Obamacare is a total disaster. I think the thing that he did best, okay. best of all, is get elected. He got elected. He ran an unbelievable campaign. I want him to do well. If I had my choice of having Obama do great as a president and do a really great job for this country and not running, as opposed to running and doing, I'd prefer that he did a great job. I love this country. But this country is going to hell. I would run a great, great country. This country will be great again. It is not great right now. We have huge deficits. We have huge unemployment. We have huge problems. And we're not respected. We're not respected in the world. The world laughs at us. They won't be laughing if I'm president. Dvorak.org slash N-A